this is Dan with the Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you from my wood shop out in my backyard at DTM <laughs> Enterprises. Uh, turn this little wood shop into a studio every once a week to uh, bring you guys new content. Um, I have a guest today that I've known for a little while. Um, little, you know, I don't know what it's really been, man. 18 months or something like that since first showed up in yeah in our lives here. And uh, excited. He's uh, celebrated a year during this whole covid experiment and uh and 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 i always like to get people to come in when they're near that one year mark uh it was march that he hit one year and uh it took a little while to get him in here but we got him in here tonight uh i'll tell you what ross is a one of a kind and that's a cool thing you know and we are all one of a kinds but some people strike you and some people uh uh have an impact on you more than others you know and 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 you've obviously you've had an impact on me hmm. uh frankly i had had a little trouble learning to to, to learn how to take you and i'm sure some people <laughs> could say the same thing about me at times you know uh but i love your enthusiasm and your energy and you're a product of what goes on here and uh i've told a few people that i don't know that anybody knows that tssr methodology any better uh like if i was going to say you know obviously christopher because he wrote it and put it together right uh and then that i was able to read it a number of times and was an early student of it and that was the interesting point that you know christopher was writing his book while he was taking me through the steps so i kind of feel like a guinea pig in a sense to this method this style of 12-step uh work and uh and and outside of that you know i'd say you probably know as much about it as anybody (laughs) Uh, you really turned into a student of it, and uh, and I think as you talk tonight, you'll 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 uh, you'll elaborate on that about how that that rocked you into a, another dimension, like mm-hmm. as the as this blue book says. Um, so welcome to the studio, brother. About time. Mm-hmm. How are you? You are juicing me up already. I am doing. I'm doing okay. Just okay. Okay is like fucking a hundred for me. <laughs> <laughs> Just okay is uh, is about the top of the charts today, and that's okay. <laughs> what is your sobriety date? I know it. March eighth. March the eighth. Agent three oh eight. Yep, that's right. Yeah. So uh, in two thousand nineteen. Yep. Cool. Cool. Uh, that was a fast year to me. I guess the uh, more I get down the pike, the quicker it seems like other guys as they come in. And all of a sudden, poof, they're hitting a year, you know? Right. And it uh, seems like it took forever for me to hit the first year. You know? and, <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, I know it feels, but in a way, it's double. It's, it's that whole pendulum swing thing, right? In one respect, it seemed like it took forever. In another respect, it's a flash in the pan, right? I mean, it's just like, wham, all of a sudden. It's right. like, man, I don't even hardly remember that past year. <laughs> uh, it's weird how that goes, and it's the same thing now even, you know. I mean, uh, January was five for me, and it sure don't mm-hmm. seem like that, man, and, at all. Uh, and, uh, it's kind of a, well, life goes into hyperdrive, too. And, you know, it was a flash because I was fogged up for so many years, right? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> But it really hasn't changed speed, you know. Now it's uh, juiced up, and it's still hyperspeed. Did you grow up around here? I did not. I'm from Atlanta originally. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta, born and raised. Yeah. Yep, old Georgia boy. Huh. Yeah. <clears throat> There's one thing I was going to say. It's funny. It's like, 
uh, to me that uh, you're coming thinking about coming in here was like an Oprah episode I watched one time, like uh, coming in there and saying the guy comes in. I can't remember the actor. But he's like, you're not going to get me to cry, Oprah. I ain't crying today. You're not going to do it. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm saying, Dan, you ain't going to get me to cry. <laughs> That's an understatement. Been a lot of I, tears uh, in here. A lot of joyful tears today yeah. in my life. Um, we talk about this stuff, and it, uh, it, 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 you know, no doubt it moves us. Pull that microphone just, well, you're good now. Yeah. You were up on it a little tight. <laughs> So, uh, what you, what, you know, one of the things I do in here, you know, I think uh, uh, it's, it begins to sound a little redundant because I hear myself talk so much that I've, but, but it's true and I want to get to that kind of thing is that, uh, you know, I knew I was, in, in, in retrospect looking back, I know that I had this little alcoholism twist in my brain from the time I was a little kid. Uh, I would like to think, A, that it, one thing I'd like to halfway think was that it started when I started drinking. But it actually, I had those uh, things in me way before I started drinking. And then another thing I'd like to tell myself is that someplace down the road, I crossed some invisible line, and I get that because <laughs> I did. I crossed that invisible line someplace, and that's when I turned into an alcoholic. But as I look back, I actually have some wiring in me that uh, where I just didn't feel right. It couldn't, you know, one of the things I like to, that one of the things I can relate to is that, uh, I never felt like I had a guidebook for how to do this thing called life. And it looked to me like everyone else had one. Right. And, and I just didn't. And I always felt outside, you know, that I was watching you to try to figure out what to do. So uh, just I do like to go back and I'm on, I did not do not disturb my phone before we started. And I'm going to do it right now. Uh, it buzzed in my in my right here in front of me is get back and look at how was it? you got brothers, sisters. I do not. You're an only child. Only child. Um, and uh, it's. I like how you just mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> for me, it was, um, I just knew that there was, it was something different. I always was trying to fit in early in childhood. Um, I just couldn't quite, quite put a handle on it. So I. Uh, Grab one of them crystals instead of tapping that pen. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, that'll carry right up in the microphone. Well, um, I tell you, can I go backwards for one second? Sure, man. And tell you how uh, we can talk about how whatever. thankful. I will lead you a little bit. But, Thank you, but, but I don't. <laughs> have, you don't have to take my lead. All right, um, I'll go where you want to. Uh, thank you. This is an honor to be here, um, especially come to your what you call uh, humbly your little playground. Uh, You've done so much in my life, recovery. I feel like I've known you my whole life. Thank you. And uh, you do so much for all of us. And it is a amazing honor today to have you ask me to come here and to be a part of two different movements today in my life. I have to say that uh, in recovery, I'm living the best life I've ever lived. <laughs> and uh, you don't have to make me cry. I'm going to cry. The greatest thing is I haven't cried a sad tear, and I can't remember when. But I sure do cry a lot of happy tears, man. Goodness gracious. 
Um, <clears throat> I did, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I do not have any brothers and sisters. I was an only child. And um, he used to say, oh, that's your problem. You're an only child. <laughs> You're spoiled. But, you know, it's, uh, I was super spoiled, you know. Thank God, my mom, my mom, my, my mom raised me. Um, and uh, God, that woman, what a great woman. Um, she would do anything for me, made sure that I had everything that I wanted. And if I couldn't get it, she would get it. And um, never met my dad. Um, I did get a letter from him uh, when I was in my 20s that... Uh, he was, uh, he did an amend. Now, now I realize it was an amend huh. in a letter on uh, his deathbed. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, he left, uh, he left my mom and I at a hotel and just left one day. And um, that's the only memory I really have of what it was about, other than my mom was my dad and my mom. And my grandfather and my grandmother uh, were raised me too, you know? Your mom's parents. Yeah, my mom's parents, and uh, they, they, my aunt, <clears throat> my mom's sister, so it was those, those four people raised me, mm. and uh, so on the weekends, I'd always go to my grandparents, and my grandfather was like my dad, you know, he was my, my soccer coach with me, assistant co soccer coach, assistant baseball coach, assistant wrestling, I mean, everything that I did, he was always there, you know, oh, cool. and uh, he always wanted a boy, <laughs> uh, and uh, so he got his little grandson, you know, and um I uh, I just thought I never knew that um, that how how much they meant to me to a full aspect until until my mid teens to my early twenties when all the people that raised me passed away and that's I think when that's when I think I just went off the chain to hide anything I could possibly hide other than feeling of uh, not having family. And uh, by the grace of God, thank God I got into recovery, you know? Uh, and one of the biggest things for me was the doctor's opinion, you know? Wow, this is a disease, dude. You were born with this, bro. Now that you know that, what are you gonna do? No more excuses, man. You know, now you have an option. You can control by doing it, giving the power to something greater than me, which I hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings. Today, I'm thankful to call that God, because I sure was mad at him for a long time, but he never left me. What do you think he started using drinking? In my teens, I well, was... Whenever uh, you started using, my first usage was, well, I shouldn't say that. I was getting ready to say my first use wasn't actually alcohol, but I did. I stole, I snuck beers out of the refrigerator as a little kid. <laughs> uh, probably in my single digits, but I don't. I don't. My first drunk was in like the ninth grade. I was fourteen or so, but I was smoking a little pot, you know. And and again, yeah. I say over and over and over again. I've said it so many times. It's beginning to be cliche. Is that if I'd have known I was going to be telling this story, I'd have kept better track. <laughs> Uh, I think, uh, you know, I remember, too, like nicotine, man, stealing cigarettes from my mom and smoking them, you know. And mm -hmm. so, you know, Oh, yeah. Uh, that was some of my first drug use. That's a good point. Yeah, Virginia, just, Virginia Slims 120 Ultralight Regulars, man. That was my first cigarette. That was my mom smoked. mom smoked. Yeah, my mom never drank. She drank one time at my bar mitzvah. Huh. 
Other than that, she uh, drank cherry coke and smoked Virginia Slims, a whole bunch of them. And uh, that was my first thing was that. And then I moved to my buddy's house where he had smoked a joint at like in the mid, mid-teens. mid Yep. And then I uh, started smoking Marble Reds, you know. And then uh, um, it was just kind of like to fit in at that point, you know. It's like um, it was cool, you know. And uh, I kind of stayed. I uh, got drunk at parties, you know, had parties. It was... Yeah, I kind of realized towards the end, like, well, now, now, with my mind clearing, you know, I realized back then I was, like, always the great wingman, you know. I was one of my buddies to hook up and have the girl, you know, and I was wondering why I kind of, like, was, like, just cool with it, saying how picky I was, but I still wanted to just drink. (laughs) So, it's, like, that's something that popped in my head, like, five days ago. I'm thinking about, this is, this has been... A great, a great way for me to remember a bunch of my childhood and remember this journey by you by coming here and uh so you know at the time i was like oh you know i just want to make sure that that they all meet girls and you know and i i always had girlfriends but it was like you know um everyone else everyone have a good time but i was wondering why i was the one that was usually up the latest drinking mm-hmm. and uh just fine, fine with all that, you know? And I was like, yeah. And it was like a contest for myself, you know? And uh, I used to pride myself on how much I could do. <laughs> but I had to back off, you know? One of the things was I, I was the guy who overshot the mark over and over again. Uh, and then that's one of the reasons why I finally landed on drinking light beer because I could drink a lot of them. And my point was is I didn't want to stop, right? I wanted to keep on drinking for a long time. If I drank anything hard liquor or... Or uh, I had a little string of where my buddy drank Budweiser, and so it was just convenient that we drank the same kind of beer, and I and, and there I'd be overshooting the mark again. And so that's another reason why I started taking drugs to that that would overcome that too. Let me help you out a little bit. Jack me up. Gotcha. Cocaine and <laughs> oh, okay. meth and gotcha. things like that that would keep me going. I remember going through a Good big point. old string of time whenever they had this. So there was little white crosses in the gas stations. Golly, man, I would eat those things. And they, God, they tore my stomach up and tore everything up in me. But they'd keep me hopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I remember the, my, uh, the more, the more I would just, I guess, think that, well, that's not me, would be the guy that was passed out puking. Or the guy that said, they, someone said in high school, oh, well, he's an alcoholic. Well, shit, that'll never be me, you know? And that was like, oh, I can just keep drinking. As long as I don't pass out, puke, and don't get called, label that. Hell, man, you're good, Ross. Keep going, yep. you know? I uh, always look over there and go, you know, I'm not like that guy. Right, right. The justification that you do, no matter what, always judging someone else. You know, never taking my own inventory. <laughs> Um, in my, um, I actually, uh, my, 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 uh, my journey of finding what I, what I think I liked was, uh, when, um, my grandparents passed and my aunt passed and I I was for 10 years almost, uh, they lived, I took care of them with my mom, you know, and, um, uh, when they started passing away, 
uh, I would just kind of shove the stuff down and, and um, be there for the next person and then the next person, then the next person, you know. Uh, my grandmother, I'd be there for my grandfather and my mom. My grandfather passed, I'd be there for my mom and my aunt. My aunt got multiple sclerosis and that was a really slow, painful. Mm. She was like my... She was like my sister, dude. We did everything together, man. It was like so cool. It was like, oh my God, I have an older sister, you know, and she was just so cool. <clears throat> and to watch her deteriorate just, you know, it was really sad for me. And then um, my mom got pancreatic cancer and um, and that was like my, that was, that was like my, my hero, man. My mom was my hero. And then when she passed, um, I cried one time at the eulogy and that was it and i just shoved it all down and then a few about a year two years later <clears throat> i hurt my back and uh so i went to the, the the doctor and he gave me some pills how'd you hurt it uh i just was wrestling around playing around i heard it but just i some innocent enough wasn't an accident or wasn't uh it wasn't an accident i uh popped it you know, I I thought it was like when I wrestled, I hurt my back when I wrestled years ago before that. And but, however, um, later on it came up to be a sciatic nerve problem, um, and um, they wanted to do operations and you know get rid of it, or you know, and small mouth, small amount of arthritis in my spine. Well, <clears throat> so I took my uh, when I first came into the first doctor, and he prescribed me some pills, and uh, I was like okay cool man you know and then i'm like oh wait a minute <laughs> i kind of like this yeah, these are good these are good i don't have to think about nothing and after i got over like the first week of being them making me sleepy or hungry um and taking them normally you know as prescribed, <laughs> as prescribed then uh i would go back in and this time i uh would get a refill and then this went on for about maybe four or five months, but I noticed that that I was eating them faster than they were the days were supposed to be, and uh, so then I needed to change the doctor. So then uh, that's when I started to realize that they started doing the the other doctors started doing MRIs, CAT scans, you know, like all this stuff to me. And then they're they're coming up with these words that make them nervous and make me feel like I need more. So then that starts escalating to even better doctors than that. And now I found, which I thought was just okay because I was prescribed. And not a, I don't think anyone normally should be just prescribed 90 Oxycontin 80s, 120 Perk 10s, and 10 100 milligram fentanyls in one script. And just be okay. But somehow I, I would put on a suit and tie. And I was really good at what I did. And I was functioning. Until it got to the point where I was out of that in 15 days. Dang. So. <clears throat> um, well, you know, there was a time when they were prescribing that stuff pretty daggone freely, you know. And there's some lawsuits and some different things going on in the world today about that. You know, and there's a lot of doctors got hemmed up. On there, yeah. uh, freely prescribing, you know, basically over prescribing uh, op opioid pain medication. Now you can't squeeze it out, but doctor, from what I understand. <laughs> wow, that's a good thing. Yeah. But I was definitely around on that time when it was a free for all. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, I thought it was just okay and um, because it was prescribed, you know. Um, those are kind of expensive when they're not prescribed and you got to buy them. <laughs> so obviously what would I do? I, I would work harder. Got to be number one. Out of 75 stores in the finance world, I was in the automobile business. I did that for 20 years. And I think that work was my, one of my scapegoats. I found out that I could go to work, make money. I'm so busy during work. My mind is clouded that I don't have to think about that I have zero, no family. And then I got then I turn into thinking that I uh, work is my God, money is my God, everything else except God's my God. <laughs> um, well, you know we're doing that uh, that cliche show, most trying to fill that God shaped hole, right? I, something is missing, and and I think this is do it, you know, whatever yeah. it is, whatever it's a drug or a job or a woman or. A, you know, something's got to work, right? Because I'm not going to go there. But, 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 frankly, I didn't know that's what's missing, right? Right. Uh, it wasn't that I was rejecting it. Uh, I didn't know what I know today. Right. Right. And that's the beauty of this. You know, you, you uncover and you just keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you uncover a couple more layers. You uncover more layers. And then you realize that, wait a minute. <laughs> You mean to tell me that I can be happy with just me? Man, <laughs> I mean, dang, you know, I've never been more higher in my life, Dan, than I am waking up every day, you know? My God, you know? I mean, I'm like, yeah, I just got, just juice myself right there. Um, so by doing, by, by opening up these, this myself, I found out that I was holding so much guilt in that I wasn't there in certain times. Even though I was there, I wasn't there. I was young, you know. I, was, I wasn't there. I was still so selfish, which I didn't know until I opened myself up, that I was selfish, self-centered, <laughs> egotistical. All the phrases that if you would have told me a long time ago or a year and a half ago, oh, you got an ego, I'd be like, no, I'm not. I'm the nicest guy in the world, dude. What are you talking about? I, I love everybody, you know. Sure enough, did someone make me mad like they did when I should have known in 1997 a Spanish salesman pissed me off at work? Well, I said, okay, well, I'll learn your language and take over your department. And sure the hell I did. Owner paid 10 grand for me to learn a language, all because the guy pissed me off one day. If that's not some alcoholic shit, what is? No, you're too close. Trying to get Just this mic thing down. Just push it away a little bit. All right, how about go. that? That's good. Um, Normally I had to get people, like I said, I had to coach people to get close to that microphone. But uh, this would be the first time I've had to tell somebody to back off of it a little bit. <laughs> uh, let's see. So where was I? Uh, <laughs> this whole thing about trying to use all this outside stuff to try to fill me up, you know, and, and you know, and frankly, like I, what I find is, and for myself, I was really successful. You know, in my work life, mm -hmm. uh, I was good at what I did. And, and like you're saying, you know, I was, and one of the things I needed to be was the best. Right. You know, and I learned also to manipulate some stuff, you know. I mean, I would, <laughs> there were some times when I would slow play work, you know, and, 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 and I don't know that I'm conscious, I wasn't consciously doing this. It was that, I think it's the alcoholism, it's a disease, it's a spiritual sickness that caused me to do it, was that I would, uh, 
I would drag my heels like sandbag and then pull the rabbit out of my hat at the last minute. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because you're be superstar. Oh heck yeah, you know, man! Oh yeah, all day long. Because I could be like you know, I was the guy you could call off the bench, mm-hmm. and I could make the last minute shot. Mm-hmm. And you and you did it. Yeah. Every- and if I'd have just worked normal, <laughs> right? I'd have never had to make the last minute shot. Right? <laughs> Holy shit! But, that's but you so didn't right. see me if I just worked normal. Right. I need to be seen. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I had to be the best closer. I had to know everything. All my walls were every objection anyone could ever have in the whole nation. I'm sitting there doing presentations to my dog. You know what I mean? It's like presentations of him, and I'm acting like he's rejecting just so I could be that dude that they know in, in the back of their, which is, well, it was good for them <laughs> when the GMs would call me. You keep on getting way too close. GM, to is this better? Yeah. All right, cool. You don't have to be, you need to be close, but not not right on top of it. Your levels are popping up out of the roof, but I'll be able to settle that down, I think. Cool. No big deal. So uh, just to be the, the guy that uh, they would call, if, if there's something that couldn't happen, well, well, Ross can do it. That that probably kept me alive for a long time, man. You know? Yep. Being somebody, you know, and... uh, uh <sighs> I'd come off of some pretty hmm. big binges though. Whenever that would happen, you know, there'd be like a some of my some of my biggest uh, slumps, like binges, where I would go off the rails, would be after hitting one of those three point shots. You Jack, know, yeah, you know, because I'd like celebrate it. Yeah, yeah, know? that's like, and you know, I wasn't like celebrating with anybody. I was celebrating myself with myself. Right. Nobody else knew I was celebrating. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you had a great conversation telling yourself how yeah, good you are. Yeah. My, la- my last DUI come after one of the three-point <laughs> last-minute shots was <laughs> right. working to 11 p.m. and that kind of crap, man, and got it done and had all the bow tied around it and uh, sitting at my desk drinking beer and high on pills. Yeah. And, uh, and, and not done with this night yet. Right. And, you know, 3 a.m. I get pulled over and took to jail. Um, it was super hard coming off those pills. Mm-hmm. Thought I was gonna die. Um, that was um, shit. That was that was ten years ago. Did you come off the pills? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just cannot take pills. Period. Uh, it just don't. Nothing works for me. <laughs> I can't take nothing. But uh, yeah, it was ten years, and then um, I um. Now, did it dry up on you? Because that's about the time frame when they start tightening down on the the uh, medical field started tightening up on that, that pill thing was around the, I don't know, 2008, you know, 2010, someplace in that neighborhood. Uh, they started not quite being as free with them as they used to be. My mother took a lot. That's where I mostly started by. Yeah. Uh, where my... Uh, where it really took hold of me. Yeah. You know, I always knew I you know, I'd get hurt a lot and that's another kind of funny though if I look back at like I would say it was accident prone. And I was accident prone. I got hurt a lot. I'd break a leg, I'd uh sprain an ankle, I'd end up cutting myself and end up needing stitches or you know, and 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 fall off a roof and you know, these things that would always happen to me and now I'm wondering like I look back I'm going you know, because I think I, I love the I love the analogy that this disease is like a parasite. It hijacks my operating system, and I'm not driving anymore. 
<laughs> it's got me. Yeah. And it might throw me off a roof so I can get another script. And it may cause me to slam a machete into my toe and damn near cut it off so I could make a trip to the hospital. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know that that didn't happen. And it happened from the time I was a little kid. You know, I, mean, I can remember getting those pain pills when I was a little kid. The thing about it is, and, uh, and this is not in any way whatsoever to throw my mom under the bus at all, and I don't know this to be true. Uh, but, but I didn't take, I didn't get to have very many of them pills when I was a little kid. I get a few and that's it. Uh, my first big time thought on that was a compound fractured my leg when I was 19. Uh, I don't know if I ever told the story behind it and this is your story, but, uh, we were for my grandparents. I was always close to my grandparents too, on both sides. And me and my cousin went and stayed at my my mom my dad's parents' house. My my grandpa had passed away. My dad's dad, and my grandma was finally giving up the farmhouse, so to speak, and they were having an auction the next day and selling off everything that nobody wanted, and they had a bunch of stuff. And uh, me and my cousin went up there. We were asked to go watch over the stuff because they set it all out on tables and shit the night before, and we were gonna go guard it. Right? <laughs> Well, the way we go guard things is go get a bunch of beer and sit on the tailgate and shoot the shit and drink up the beer. And the neighbors started having a fight. We heard some screaming and yelling. So we had to go investigate. And we're peering through these neighbors' windows. And he, this dude is laying into this lady, screaming, calling her every name in the book and this and that. And, and we're sitting in there looking through the window watching all this. And, and you could feel that dude. His eyes went. You know, he's, he's yelling at her, and he just goes, Whoop. and right into our eyes looking through that window and uh and you knew he you know he he saw you know he stopped from what he was doing <laughs> and, uh, and then the next thing you know, he starts hollering and saying kind of stuff at us and we take off running and there's a concrete parking bench in my bunch of them in my grandma's yard just spread oh, yeah, one yeah, under yeah. the apple tree one over here one over there and uh, running a hundred mile an hour, oh, and I ran right into one of them and kicked it as hard as I could with oh, my shin. Shit. And I rolled, and when I stood up after rolling over it, when I stood up, it felt like I had a knee in the middle of my shin. Mm. I felt a flex, and uh, when I finally, so then I started hopping on one foot. We got back to the truck and sit down like nothing ever happened, right? And I pulled up my pant leg and pulled my sock down, and my bone was looking at me. Oof. So I had surgery and they fixed me up, but that was the first time I remember. That was my first memory of putting the two and two together. That, hey, I like that drugs. That's uh, I would ask for ask and ask and ask. You know, every time they come in, I start learning. Yep, need some more. What's your pain? Ten. Right. And I remember too, man. Uh, I don't know. Does it do? This it has opposite effects to me. My dad takes a pain pill, and he'll be on the couch for eight hours. Hmm. I take a pain pill. I'm raking the leaves and cleaning the house. Hell yeah. And, uh, it's like and, 20 cups of coffee. Yeah. And dad would bring me models, car models, like the little plastic old Revell models. And I would sit up all night long on high on that hospital medicine. Uh, back when you, know, it, you didn't have to take, you know, I was 19. I didn't, I, my tolerance wasn't up there. Uh, and build models all night and watch TV. High on opioids. Right. It's, uh, you know, I had to say that <clears throat> at, at one point it seemed like it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah. Until it was not fun. That's exactly Until it was a 100% necessity. Couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. What, uh, what, I don't wish that pain on anybody that not coming off that, um, you know, a doctor said to me, I started studying after I, I went into like a, uh, I went into the hospital and, uh, I didn't have insurance at that time when I was, um, at, at, at that time for the pills and, um, went to the hospital and, uh, had to mention that, uh, I was going to hurt myself in order for them to take me to a hospital to get off of it for a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so they gave me like, um, sleeping meds, you know, for the week to help get off of it. And then, uh, they wanted me to go to this 28 day program. And I was like, well, that ain't for me. You know, no way. Yeah. I got to get back out in the world and handle all the stuff that I've missed for a week. Yeah. And um, yeah, the world can't do without me. Nah, man, I gotta go. Uh, and then uh, I was on. I got on some boxing, and uh, just another another little rabbit hole you go down. So they put you on some boxing to get off of pharmaceutical opioids. No, I still now I, when I, I had one more script left with my insurance for. Um, the pain doctor, which actually they helped me get on to Suboxone by saying I had taken a methadone and they drug test you all the time at this clinic. So I'd run out of my medication and uh, I was like the number one spinal clinic in Texas. Like I didn't go for like the little guys anymore. I went straight up to where it was, you know, to the top dude that could write the most stuff. And so now you're living in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Moved around with the company. Um, and, um, so I had taken a methadone, and I failed. They decided to pee me that day, and I failed the test. And uh, so they couldn't give me any more pain pills, so they just, uh, said, you can go get Suboxone. And uh, so I was like, all right. And they're like, well, it'll help you. It'll help you. So then um, I was actually uh, taking some Suboxone, and then I went, and I was like, I'm just done with anything controlling me at this point. I was trying. I was like, I'm done, dude. Done. And I was like, I can't, I can't live like this. And then I was like, I gotta get off of it. And um, so I went and my friend said, go to the hospital and let them know that you're not, uh, that you're gonna hurt yourself. They sent me to a place. And then, uh, so after they offered me that 28 day deal, I'm like, well, I'm out, I gotta go. So then I left there and um, Could not not drink a beer. Could not not drink the Bud Light Limes or the Bud Lights, you know. And sure enough, the second that I would try, I need I'd have that Suboxone. It wasn't out of my system, I guess. You know, I needed it. I was feeling like shit. So that went on for a while, and then, um, and then I had to get off Suboxone, and um, I just replaced it with other stuff. You know, but I knew I could never take a pill again, you know, even though I kind of tried when I got to Kentucky and it just, it just didn't, it was like too scary, really? you know? Yeah. I was like, man, this is, I'm dead immediately. Cause that was my deal. You know, uh, it, it was just like, I could work on them. They made, gave me energy. It took all my problems away. Right. Uh, all the guilt that my, you know, I don't have a family, you know, I don't have any brothers, you know what I mean? It took all the, all, all the world that was on me. It took it let my disease run rampant, man, and just have a ball, and um, and I was just I just 
would just switch to something different, you know? And um, so I guess my, my if there's a point or not, I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth a little bit. It, it doesn't matter what, what age you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what religion you are. Our disease doesn't matter. It's DNA. We're born with it. And uncontrolled is a nightmare. Controlled, 24 hours at a time, is a beautiful, beautiful experience. For not only me, but for anyone that comes in contact with me, it seems. God, I keep getting so close to the microphone. I'm like, it's like my buddy. <laughs> yeah, I see. You. We so, could turn it way down, I guess, and you could get nah, up on it that tight. I'll get it right when we're close to being done. Don't yeah. worry. Because, like, right there is fine. Your carry, your voice is nice. It carries nicely on there. So you don't um, need to help it. So I guess the, the um, to wrap that early part was is I had a great childhood. Didn't know. Uh, and I guess I realized how of how much of a great childhood I had when when I realized I wasn't there for some occasions when they were really sick mm-hmm. or if I missed one thing like I, I swore it was my fault my mom died because I was at work and she said the hospital bed was broken when she was in the hospital she was at the last stage of her cancer she was gonna they said that she was gonna pass she was in the hospital uh, in the bed, uh, hospital bed, I went to visit her, and she said the button wasn't working on the bed. She couldn't call the nurse. So I went out and asked the nurse. They said, oh, yeah, well, it's fine. It's working, you know. And my mom swore it wasn't working, you know. So I went back to work, right, because now I'm this big shot that's got to be there. They can't run it out without me, you know, working. Um, and uh, so I'm at work, and um, I get a call. And... I talked to the lady for a few minutes, and she lets me know my mom passed. Mm. She had gotten out of bed <clears throat> and hit her head when she fell over. She was really frail at the time, you know. And, well, that took it to me for if wow. I would have been there and I would have made them fix the bed in front of me, the bed would have worked. She would have hit the button. They would have come in there. She wouldn't have got up. Maybe they, she wouldn't have died of cancer. All the guilt... My mom was my, that was my closer to start my, 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 my pill run, you know, my alcoholism run, um, as you call it, um, I held all that guilt until I met you guys, you know, and that's some of the beauty about where I'm at now, you know, and how I got there. I don't, I don't know. I want to, dude, I totally feel like I'm going left and right here. (laughs) I just, I mean, I. My mom was the greatest woman I've ever met. And she did the best she could for me. And uh, I'm so glad to know by, by what, what you guys have taught me that she's right here right now with me. Yeah. And she never left, man. And anytime I want to, I can meditate and talk to her. Or anytime I look in your eyes, like we had a connection going a few minutes ago, man, I was like, dang. And I can look at... I can look inside people's eyes now. Even my dog. A lot of times during the day, our dog, I'll look in Romeo's eyes, man, and God, it's my mom, you know, just saying, hey, you know. And that's that's something I never had before. You know, and 
this program's brought brought me a way to be able to bring that heart that was always there. What is that? I don't know. Bring that heart that was always there. Um, maybe a little bit to the surface in a real way. Yeah, that uh, what I hear is a whole lot of pain and a whole lot of guilt from her passing that this allows you to get free of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's, um, well, first, obviously, I had to, like, when I first came in, I came in at 11-11. I tried it years ago, a long time ago, and did, like, three steps and got 75 days sober and uh, thought I was good to go. Whew, man, I don't have to take it. I can drink like normal people. I'm good. Um, so then um, that just, you know, that just kept me running for a little bit longer. And uh, so, and it, and it kept me kind of hurting people too, you know. And uh, when I when I came in, 11-11, um, I want to give a little credit to how I came in this time, you know. Uh, it's one of the things I wanted to do is um, I am um, very blessed to have um, God work through these angels that brought me to you guys because my home group is spiritual on the ground my other home group is TSSR 12 step spiritual recovery um, and I'm involved in another home group fourth dimension token three uh, but SU is where uh, where it all started from me um, all started for me but um, how'd you find us so <clears throat> my uh, girlfriend was um, uh we lived together at the time six years, and uh, I had a couple of different bottoms going on of uh, alcohol, and uh, at this point, snorting meth. <laughs> you know, got a <laughs> hello, and uh, so and yeah, I, um, I had a meth, and tried smoking it a couple of times, and um, you know, I found out that was uh, much cheaper than than. Uh, than than uh, my last one, so I thought I was ahead of the game, you know. Plenty available, right? And uh, and I could work on it. And uh, I don't know what I got done, but I sure got I sure attempted to do a lot of stuff. No, I'm good. Um, so my girlfriend, um, <clears throat> her best friend, is happened to be uh, her best friend. Um, is Shane's sister-in-law. Uh, and uh, so they were over at Shane's house and uh, talking and uh, started talking about me and she started talking about uh, I pretty much something's wrong with me. She didn't, she was in denial, you know. Um, and she said, uh, he said, well, let me see a picture of him. And uh, so she showed him a picture of me, and uh, I had said I had convinced myself that by l l patches of hair, losing the patches of hair is because we had something going on inside of our air conditioner at the apartment, you know, mold. <clears throat> but it was all that strain I was putting on myself, you know, uh, with the drugs. So she said, well, he said, 
do you love him? And she said, I do. He, she said, well, he's a meth addict. <laughs> but do you love him? And she said, I do. And he said, well, I got something for him. Hmm. Can you get him here? I didn't know this until late, late, much later. Can you get him here to my, can you bring him over to the house? And she's like, yeah, I think I can. And she's like, you think you can do something, Shane? And he says, well, I can try. And you know Shane, right? Big teddy bear love guy, you know? Yeah. Awesome dude. Um, I know he'd appreciate me saying his name on this podcast. Love you, Shane. Um, so. Number one listen to podcast. Check it out. <clears throat> and uh, so we're sitting. So about a week, a week or so later. She asked me one time on Saturday. She said, "Hey, we're going over. I'm going to this bonfire. You want to come, right?" And my answer was, "No. You know, I don't want to go to a bonfire with your friends. You know, at the time, you know, you know, I was like stuck in my head. You know, um, so I was like, no. And then she said, uh, "Okay, uh, fine. You know, and like we kind of like argue a little bit about it. You know, and then she just came to me, man, in this way that she's never ever came to me because we were kind of back and forth arguing, right?" Obviously, she's living with me. You yeah, know what I mean. Get along with. At the time, I was a fucking mess to That's get along I mean, with. But it, yeah, and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> That's a joke, yeah, by I'm the way. Not the problem. Yeah, yeah. You would just so, chill the fuck out. We'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Just let me get one more check. We'll be fine. Um, and um, so she just kind of came to me a different way, and it was just like, listen, I go places for you all the time. Can you please just come to be with this bonfire? And going from her, from us going from a ten arguing down to like such a sweet one, for some reason, God was involved. I said, "You know what? I'll go." So I went, and uh, I was sitting there, and Shane was there, and Shane was sitting there stirring this fire pot. This he was just stirring this fire pot. They were having drinks. I had like a half a beer or a beer, and I was like, you know. Um, next thing you know, he just sits next to me and, uh, we just started talking, man. And he was just like me, man. And he, but he had a solution. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, to this day, I would, I, I can't seem to thank God enough for coming through the angels in my life, you know, because that was an intervention, dude. You know, yep. I mean, and I'm like, wow, I'm getting chills now. Like I was, I was such an asshole and I was worth it just enough for her to, for her to bring me to him, for God to come through them, you know? That's so cool, man. And, um, you know, it's so special for me to have that happen. And um, so then I decided that uh, we talked for so long. I got got, got, um, in touch with him that day. And then we met up again on the phone. And and sure enough, she shoved the phone in my face. She said, hey, you're Shane. (laughs) He's like, you want to go to a meeting or something? It was something like that happened. I was like, yeah. So I went to a meeting. And then, um, man, um, 11-11, I took a shot at it. And I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And uh, I was just trying. And I was kind of like, you know, don't get me wrong. I I love all the books I read. And I love all the teachers I've had. And I'll have many more teachers. And I'll read many more books. I just wasn't, at this moment, I just was kind of against what hadn't worked before. So I was doing the big book, right? And thank goodness, doctor's opinion stuck in my head. Oh, my God, I got a disease. 
need you but you have a but you have a chance ross you know you can save yourself and uh and i didn't i wasn't stringing along you know i was drinking i did drugs one time from a let from november 11th till march 8th and um i uh just couldn't i was trying to i would drink i would drink i would drink um soda out of a wine glass I would drink soda out of a wine glass to try to fit in, you know, because I didn't want to accept the fact that it, I had a problem, you know, and uh, it, still, even though I knew I had a problem, I didn't want to accept it. Yeah. It's that, uh, that uh, hijacking your operating system, man. I really do feel like there was you know, a whole other personality in me that was operating under the surface that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Right. Like... And like really hijacking. Yeah, because I had a big period of time, you know, where I was doing this thing where I was pretending to be sober. Mm. I was still using, but mm-hmm. I was coming to meetings and was, <laughs> you know, and I'd show up and you know, I think everybody saw through me ultimately, but uh, or those that were awake uh, saw through me. Uh, but yeah, that. But I, I really thought that I was, you know, and I was. The, the truth is, that I was better. I was successfully moderating at some level. You know, it wasn't a very good moderation, but it was, but it's still, I look back at that and I'm like, you know, um, there's still some things I don't understand about that period. Like that, say that, that parasite had hijacked me and had me thinking that I was okay and I could, you mm-hmm. know, I could carry on like this. Right. Right. Probably the rest of y'all, I understand you all probably can't. But I can. Right. <laughs> right. Like, and, and, and I was still was so against it in the beginning that I didn't even realize how much I was really cared for to even introdu- get introduced to Shane, you know? Yep. So at first, I was, it was still like an oblivion, you know? Uh, and I came in thinking, man, I just want to get a little, let me just get, let me get sober. Let me get, let me get, uh, let me get, let me get sober. Let me do this. Let me let me get everything in order. And then maybe I can drink again sometime. You know? But I just won't do meth. Don't 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 want to take any pills, but you know, at least I can drink with my with my girlfriend and her friends and you know what I mean? And I'm not alcohol. Hoping it gives hope that not, I'll be able to do this thing like regular people. Right. Not that I'm an alcoholic, right? Worst word I ever wanted to hear in my life, right? Yeah. Now and I'll let this microphone right here know. I am so proud to be an alcoholic today. It is the best thing that ever happened to me. Because it's led me to right here, right now, getting yep. jacked up, talking to Dan in a in a garage that is his own playhouse. And I've been thinking about this for four days, about how juicy it's been feeling to have this honor. Whoever knew I would get a fucking jacked up to come do a story talking about how, how uh, evil I was. I think I remember that period between how evil you were. Go ahead. I'm, I interrupted no, you. No, no, no. Please. That period between probably whatever that 11-11 was and times that I saw you come in, man, and you were just like vibrating like a jitterbug. I mean, you could just see that you weren't okay. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you were, you know, I guess, you know, have moderating or stopping or, you know, doing a little dance we do before we're really ready to stop for real. Yeah, uh, 
and and you know that 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 uh, one piece of you had you sitting in that room and coming to a meeting, you know. But the other thing still you could see still had a hold on you. Yeah. Um, and um, so back to that. Yeah, we get to come in here. We get to come in here and tell this little story and spend a little time behind these microphones so other people can do it. You said, uh, "Who'd have thought you was going to get to do this?" Right. Who'd have thought we's gonna get to do this? Who'd have thought we's gonna get to do this whole thing we're doing today with this group of men we got around us and these teachers and these people who really do, you know, we were talking the other night on uh, a friend of ours was having trouble in a relationship and just wasn't feeling as tight and felt tighter with uh, with with this group mm-hmm. uh, than he does with his most significant relationship. Mm-hmm. And I get that. I get it completely. Yeah, uh, I felt like that from from for a few years now. Yeah, it's something special, and that, and I I'm gonna need to go back. I know I didn't do any drugs after the no this um, January, but I'm not gonna feel right if I don't say between eleven eleven and January and January. I just can't remember the exact times, but I definitely was not. Uh, I was not okay. Yeah, I wasn't keeping a journal. Well, and, <laughs> of and when I did what. When I did something I did not want to remember, you know, hey. the, point. the point was not to remember when I did it. That's what, you know, I am not absolutely positive of my sobriety date. I really am not. Uh, I know it's a good one. I know it's good. I know I haven't drank since then. But I don't know exactly when the last time that I drank was. I'm pretty sure it was New Year's Eve of fourteen. But it was an accident that I stopped. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to use anymore. But I couldn't stop. And when I drank, when I was doing that pretending to be sober deal, um, I hid all that, even from myself, to some extent. You know, I didn't want to admit that last night I was drinking. Today I went on like I didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know, so good so explanation. I know, so just to be real clear, I know that I didn't drink since what my one one fifteen sobriety date. I haven't drank since then, <laughs> or used, or anything. Continuous sobriety since then. I believe it was the night before. <laughs> that was like a few weeks later. But I looked back and I hadn't had a drink in a little bit, you know. And I was like, you know, and you're all wigged out then, right? Yeah. And, probably that day to been a good day to pick to say okay today is my sobriety day right whatever that realization but no i had to backpedal a little bit right and and try to overthink it and get it back to where you know like it really mattered if it was right or not that's another one of the things it's like you know pick one and and just stick with it right pick a date stick with it when's the last time you drank thanks for that i don't really remember I appreciate that. But so that my point there is this whole toying and this gamemanship kind of thing we do with ourselves, right? I wasn't doing that with anybody else. It wasn't like I had somebody else involved in those conversations. Uh, that was me and all my buddies inside my head. Right. Wrestling around with that concept of when I was, you know. Uh, and, and later on, you know, and now it's funny that I, you know, I, I said the other night, you know, I, I felt I do to some extent feel like alcoholism is also a disease of like multiple personalities, and that is not to detract from somebody who really does have a a, a psych a psych diagnosis of that nature. But 
I feel like I got to have a whole bunch of people running around in my head. And it was kind of like, it goes along with the same concept of wearing the masks that we talk about, that we have the different masks that we wear mm-hmm. from different people. Uh, you know, and, and today I know I have, I, you know, I, I have more than two, but I distinctively know two of my personalities. One of them is the alcoholic, the active, that alcoholism thing is still in there. He still taps me on the shoulder and talks to me. Mm-hmm. And one is a sober dude. Mm-hmm. The dude that, I, that is a lot closer to being the real me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those two wrestled all my life about who was going to win. It's kind of like the good wolf and the bad wolf, which one you're going to feed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that confusion back in those days, if anybody really can tell their story truly and clearly, <laughs> they probably weren't really. Because <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. it's a fog, right? Yeah, and it just... And is there still a veil, sort of? Yeah. To me, there's still a veil back there, and I don't really know where it is, and it moves. My past becomes clearer to me as I get as I wake up. But there still is a lot of shit that's foggy. And I won't... I, I, I don't remember. I don't know what's going on with it. Now you're a long ways from a microphone. Now he's back closer again. <coughs> that's a good point. Um... What changed for you? What made it end up? What was the shift? So, so I come in. Um, the SU Brotherhood didn't care. They were still there. Even though I walked in judging all you people. All these fucking alcoholics. Damn it. Uh, I got to sit through these meetings. Come in your suit and tie. Yeah, suit and tie, and uh, you know, and um, hey, you know, um, coming in there, and uh, of course, sitting in the back, <laughs> just trying to get in. Most times, right by the door. Oh yeah, right, and uh, sitting there, you know, just so judgmental, just putting all my stuff on everybody else, you know, um. And you can see it too, because you get a look, you know, where you're like, you're 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 eyeballing her body, you're, you're kind of like with your eyes somewhat squinted, like, who are these losers? Or right, you know, right. I don't know if that's exactly the way, but you could see that you were definitely the alcoholic was battling. He was wanting you yeah. to leave. He was wanting to you to get out that door and don't come back here anymore. Yeah, he knew what was coming, and uh, you know, he was able to stick around for a little bit. You know, I was in there trying to do everything I could. I did not. I knew that I wanted to do one thing. I knew I didn't want to hurt anybody anymore. I just didn't know what to do. So, and I knew I was a good person. I knew I had a lot to offer. I just didn't know what to do. Um, but. Those guys are spiritual underground. They, you guys never gave up on me. You held your hand out until I was willing to hold my hand out. And um, show me a different life, you know. Took me a few months to get it trying to do it for some other reasons 
other than one day it just came through, man. One day it just answered. Bro, Ross, you gonna do this? Because if you don't, you're gonna be dead. I don't think you can go through another one of these bottoms. You wanna be miserable? Because you're gonna be dead. And that was March 8th. And Shane was my sponsor. And I know how this works both ways, right? I'm blessed today to have two sponsees and running through the TSSR book. You know, what a joy in my life, you know. And I can't wait to get into this portion, the, the solution. <laughs> um, but, you know, I swear that, you know, I was returning during the time I was during the, from November until March, you know, I was returning stuff at stores, thinking I was doing my part for the bills. This is how convoluted my mind was. I was thinking I was doing my part while I was in between jobs by returning stuff that was used and no receipt, but I'd return it in my suit and tie. Gel in the hair, you know. I thought I was doing a good job because I wasn't out there ruining the world. You know, that was my other thing, you know. You guys, they were sh showing me a little bit of a way. Showing me a little bit more of the way. More meetings I go to. Then I went to, then I got to a point where I was scared to go to a meeting because I didn't want to lie because I was still drinking. So I'd have to pick up another chip. So I have a bunch of silver chips, a couple of red chips. Worst thing, I, wor for, hardest thing I did was pick up a 30-day chip, knowing that I was lying. Looked mm -hmm. in my sponsor's eyes. He knew I was lying, but I picked it up. And in hindsight, knowing now, he had me pick that up for a reason. So I'd feel the way I felt mm. for the first chance I had to be honest with people that weren't judging me. <clears throat> And I was a liar. Yeah. That was a game changer. We think we can lie to everybody else, but there's one person you can't lie to, and that's you. That was a game changer, man. Getting that. Getting that next silver chip the next week. Couldn't fucking take I was like, what is this, dude? I can't take this. I got to get a silver chip now. <laughs> like on on Wednesday. I, need to, I was trying to get one early. I got to call them all and tell them. Nope, you just got to pick one up next week. Yeah, I swear for four months, I kept him the most sober person in America. I'd wear him out. He stayed with me, obviously. You know, that's what that's what we do. Yep. That's what we do. Knowing the day, that's what we do. Yeah, we're all fucking nuts when we come in here, man. Um, You know, and, and uh, so grateful that uh, March 8th was my is my day. Uh, my name on our group meetings, which I'm so proud to have today, is uh, Agent 308. I lived a double life for so long. So that agent. Mm -hmm. And then now as I now as more twenty four hours seem to collect and more keeps going on in my loving world today of uh we get to do this deal and help somebody uh unconditionally without wanting something in return. God, that's a good feeling right there, dude. Um, is that uh, I'm an agent of God because God is my sponsor. God is my sponsor. 
and my sponsor, who is Darren Frank, um, who I call the White Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. um, who trained Shane too. You know, um, he was with Shane. He was, Shane was spiritual advisor to Shane. Taught him. He's my grand sponsor. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about Chris here in a sec. So, um, your sponsor. Um, I never thought I'd be able to call, say the day would be like Chris is my sponsor brother, but because we have the same sponsor, but Chris is just Chris. <laughs> I'm blessed to have all you guys. Um, so I'm off track. There are no tracks. And I'm going to try to swing it back together here. So I was March 8th. Double agent. Whoa, that was quick. Um, double agent. Uh, agent of God. So that's what it is now. I'm an agent of God and just try to do God's work. Um, funny, people used to say this was a cult. Oh, that's a cult. You know, if anyone ever came up with that word cult, it'd be probably Budweiser. Pissed that their sales are coming down. Some Something. Envious. No dues or fees. You can leave when you want. We'll let you leave. No leader. No leader. No leader. No leader. Come and go as you please. And you can get as little as you want out of it. Or you can get unlimited amount of source. What we call the juice today. And this is jacking me up right now. Thinking about what we're about to get into. You know... Like I said, you can leave whenever you want, but guess what? Whenever you show back up, our hands will be right here. And today you'll probably get a big hug out of it, dude, because dang, am I a hugger. We're all huggers now. And uh, I thought, you know, so I guess what what happened is, um, that's what happened is, this is how I used to wake up for so many years. I had a demon on my left, and uh, one of my, one of our brothers, Boom Boom, said this analogy to me early around maybe towards the end of february march and it stuck with me ever since he says you know i wake i wake up today every day i used to have this angel on my i mean this demon on my left shoulder and this demon on my right shoulder and the demon on my left shoulder says woulda coulda shoulda you suck you've ruined it you're never gonna be anything you you you're not gonna amount to nothing demon on my right says well you better fix this quick you better have all this stuff done trying to control the future you know and you're again you'll never amount to anything you know you better hurry up so that was the battle that used to go on in my head all the time you know and with these steps and just giving giving it away man i don't wake up with that war zone anymore i wake up and the only thing i wake up to is the now you know the birds chirp I'm singing in the mornings, you know. You know, um, career-wise, um, relationship, marriage-wise, you know. You know, there, there's there's some future, great future coming in that, you know. But, uh, you know, I wake up to the birds chirping, not thinking about so much. Push it away from you. That way, you, it doesn't matter where you're at, if you push it away from you. Oh, I know. I'm sorry, but uh, you, you keep pegging it, and I'm afraid that it'll be gone. Push it away from you a little more. More. More, more than that. Good. All right, and just leave it there, and don't lean into it too hard. Okay. How about now? This is great. Okay. 
So they're really sensitive. They're, they're nice. That's why. Yeah, nice. Um, so, so you wake up with the birds God, chirping and uh, yeah, wake looking up. forward to the day. You know, I used yeah. to never look forward to the day in the present moment. That's the biggest thing about this. I think is, is I'm I'm in, I'm in the present. I'm here. Yeah. I mean, I'm in this conversation. I'm not thinking about ten minutes ago or. Yeah, I don't. You know, the book says we review the 24 hours ahead, and I do look out there a little bit to see what I got on the radar today. But, uh, you know, it used to be like a going to battle. Like I had to whip this day every day, whether, no matter what that was, you know, and uh, or fight it. You know, it was a fight to get through the day, whatever it was. Uh, and today I just skip, stroll. <laughs> right. You know, and just walk into whatever. And uh, I've said this too, you know, there's people that have been in my life that really struggle with this day-to-time living that I do. You know, they, well, they wouldn't know what we're doing this weekend. And I don't know yet, because the weekend's not here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of know what I'm doing today, and that could change. Uh, I know what I'm doing right now. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it, and the only thing that takes that away is um, is trust in God. And, um, you know... Um, There's uh, in the in the in the book. So I'll go back to the book part. Um, I want to say thank you to uh, to Alcoholics Anonymous book because without that, wouldn't be sitting here today. Based on the fact of um, numerous things, however, it wouldn't have gotten uh, Christopher Cohn sober. He wouldn't be sober. He would have never wrote the book. Um, uh, the other book book called TSSR Um, you know and um, I'm grateful today to be able to to be a part of that movement Um, I believe that um, that the world is a little bit different than it used to be Um, and I believe that some books work for some people some work, work books work great for some people some books are necessary and some books give you a foundation to where you are going to be able to explore other opportunities so the big book saved my life it got me to you guys the steps saved my life Without that book, you know, where we got a big book sitting here on the table, I always keep one on the podcast table amongst some crystals and things like that. But that was, uh, uh, that was my springboard. 100%. That, that, or, or my rescue rope. 100%. Uh, the lifesaver that gets thrown off of the boat, uh, no doubt. Because without it, the rest of these miracles in my life wouldn't happen. Nope. Nope. Um, and it's it's such it's a, such a great way to have the meetings that, that you have for the foundations. So, and a lot of times you can figure out like just going through the steps. Once you get done with the steps in the book, big book, hey, guess what? Well, maybe you don't have to take Adderall. Maybe you don't have ADD. You know, I thought I was ADD. You know what I mean? I'm not. I just needed to calm down. <laughs> 
Um, so, and maybe you have some other issues that are that you might need to see a counselor for. Maybe you need to see a doctor, you know. But the good thing is, is that's the foundation of all the step work that's around in the country. Yeah, there's no yeah. way to look at any of the rest of that until this work is under my belt. Yep. Right? Because all the rest of it looks too erratic. You know, right. I'm different every day. Right. You know, I go to If I could go to a doctor back in then every day, and every doctor would think I got something different. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, until I settle down a little bit and can like come down off of that and like uh, begin to have some equilibrium in my life. Yeah. Then we can actually start looking at what really is the other places I need to work on. Right. That's kind of where, um, um, where TSSR came into my life. Um, and you know, I I just, uh, it seemed like I was getting, getting grounded enough. To have an idea, uh, I was just looking for a little bit more at the time, and um, they kept uh, they kept telling me there's a book coming out, there's a book coming out. Stick around; it's a little bit more deeper explanation of the A book, you know, which is which is it's mentioned in our book the whole time. That's all he does is reference back to him. I just needed to read a little bit more. I needed because I was more like the science part about it because I was still in that unaccepting acceptance stage. Yeah. And I just needed to, I just needed to see more, you know. So when when a chapter had a few more pages of it, I needed to see it. And uh, so I was, by the grace of God, I was like, I think the third one to do the steps through there, through you guys, through that book. You, you, Shane, and I think and when I did it, the book wasn't even in existence. That was just when Chris was taking me through the work. And. Um, and yeah, you guys are proofreading it and stuff. That was awesome. That's so cool, man. Yeah, that's unreal. That's such a blessing, man. And uh, so... Before we get out of here, I'll show you that pile of those Manila folders. Oh, cool. I'd love to see it. I still have them. I keep on thinking I need to like vacuum pack them up or something or do something to preserve them. Uh, box them up, put them in the safe. Uh, something. I um, was thinking that that uh, the big book, which is about the size of um, a regular high school book or something, I guess. I Pretty was thinking much that standard textbook, ain't it? Yeah, I was thinking that was a big book to read. That was like God. That was a lot of pages. That's what I was thinking when I first when I used to stare at it. Yeah. And then the TSSR book came along, and I was like, couldn't get enough of it. And it's five times the size of it, the one I got. You know, couldn't get enough of it. Talking about opening up we're programmed from birth this is more clinical stuff i needed to see that we're programmed we're programmed we're programmed you gotta have polos i got had to have polos bro my mom would spend so much money on my clothes to make me make sure that i fit in in school i would have fit in in overalls man but no she was like whatever you want you know and if she couldn't get it for me she would do something, work harder. You know what I mean? God, what a spoiled fucking brat I was. But you know what? I was her angel. She loved me, and she gave me the heart that I have today, I'll tell you that much. So trying to fit in in school, you know, I was always trying to fit in. We're, we're programmed that you got to have a 20-inch uh, waist as a woman, you know, a small waist. you got to be a perfect Barbie doll. you got to do everything perfect. Uh, you've got to have... The, you know, the huge house, the really big job, the expensive car, 
um, the lake house, the all boat, the all the toys, and no problems because you're not scared of nothing. And that's the way we're programmed. And this book really went on along with a lot of clinical research based on experiences from 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 Christopher doing research over all of his 31 years at the time of, of living the juice. And so the first part of the book, I'm sitting there reading it, and I'm like, man, wow, we, I, am, I was programmed, you know? We are programmed. Television runs our lives. Television, the news, I mean, everything, you know? And what, what else do we do? You know, I saw a movie one time. They said, oh, you want to run the country, right? They were to helping out some people in a movie. They were, uh, it was a third world country, and they came in as uh, um, they were going to, take, to help, take, help the poor people to overthrow the king. And they said the first thing you want to do to, to overthrow the king is you got to uh, uh, control their media, you know. So they inter- intercepted the media and started doing another presentation for the people, you know. So, you know, the the news ran my life. Everything ran my life, you know. It was based on how I was programmed, you know. Um, that you never can I mean, have it's enough. Like an accident, so to speak. I mean, you know, there could be some. You know, obviously, there's some. Uh, some thought that you know advertising is a science and is done on purpose to telling us you know because that's what you get when you're watching the tv what you're getting is a lot of things in between the content that you're watching mm-hmm. that tell you you either aren't enough or you don't have enough right you know? right and it's never enough yeah like you need a new shoe or the new <laughs> ipad or the new or you know you're not drinking the right kind of beer you know mm-hmm. and, and when you are drinking it you're certainly not having as good a time as those people are uh you know, I'm not in the middle of an island with, you know, umbrellas sticking out of my drink. Uh, I am not enough. Right. Uh, constantly getting signals telling me either I don't have enough or I am not enough. And uh, I'll go back on the 18-inch waist, my bad. I meant like a, you got to be a one or a zero, you know, and have like, you know, a 36. And that's just how we were programmed. And the fact is that they're just those people like that, are, they feel that something else is missing. Right. The beauty, the beauty comes from within, and you hear stuff like that all your life. But you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just didn't know how to get there. So, so they open up the programming. You know, our our world's different. There's a lot more ways to for people to medicate themselves nowadays. You know, and uh, medicate somehow, whether it's shopping or it's gambling or eating, uh, eating or um, drinking or taking pills and then one of the doctors said it doesn't matter give me 30 days working i was a workaholic too um one of the things that one of the doctors said to me one time that i'll give you 30 days i'll give give me 30 days with anybody and i'll make him an addict 30 days with anybody anybody and i'll get him hooked that's what a doctor told me one time you know and um so but there's so much programming going on and and uh you know and all of a sudden your little inner self just becomes with all the garbage which is mentioned in the book you know we have a bunch of garbage and on top of piled on top of us you know i was a happy baby i was a happy kid i was even i'm happy you know but now i can be happy saying i love you dan you know what i mean and and i'm okay with that and uh you know i remember i was there i was happy you know and i'm getting my happiness i'm getting ross back man i'm getting that child that can take care of stuff but you know what 
there's just so much happiness, man, after getting all that garbage off of you. And that's what these steps do. Find out a way to, for me, I needed the science. I needed the, I needed, the, I needed all the answers. I needed the facts, you know, on top of all the, all the, all the fiction, uh, all the faces, you know. And also, when, I don't want to forget this, someone very important in my life, Don M., which I'm sure you wouldn't mind me saying Don Major. Um, that's okay. And uh, it says, um, Don M. Uh, said, um, you know, and, and I was still fighting it, like I said, in that no, November, uh, November time to March, uh, that uh, one of the things that happened to me in March was I had to have final closure based on the fact of I had to see, I had to go to a, another area and see all the millionaire judges, attorneys, I had to see that they're just like me. So, and I had to have closure on one more thing about my disease, you know, that it can, it doesn't matter who it was. It had, it can get anybody. So I had to see that. So I had, I needed the combination of having Shane as my sponsor, a guy that used to be in a gang and now is a lovable teddy bear dude that'll whoop your ass. But you know what I'm saying? He protect himself. But, uh, and then I needed at the same time, I needed closure facts almost likewise you know like that oh well you can be a millionaire and still have the same thought process i do and you're good you know i needed that combination so then that in combination with the science of the tssr book brought up brought a lot to me um showed me that uh i could actually be okay living with myself somehow and get deprogrammed get deprogrammed and I seem to not be able to get enough of it. Um, and wow, I wonder what the heck is going on over there with all the grinding. Yeah, wow. The because uh, my ego don't want to allow me to be able to say that I've been <clears throat> essentially trained, no different than a training a puppy, a dog, or any other animal like that. That, that all that stuff we just talked about trained me and that's that garbage you got on top of me and uh, you know and ultimately what would happen is no different than Pavlov's dogs that when you rang the right bell I gave the same response and I thought it was mine I thought it was my response but it really wasn't it was trained into me by various experiences I had in my life I had to get myself untrained unprogrammed so that those things would would go. The, I have a little uh, have a little picture that my first sponsor gave me, not Christopher. My first one in 2011 when I first came in, and it's a little guy. He's walking along and he's got all these balls and chains behind him, and that's what we look like before the steps. <laughs> You're dragging all that stuff behind you, right? And, and and you don't even know what's back there, really. You're invisible to it. It's like at uh. You know, they just keep on clamping the chain on an ankle. And, uh, and you know, I just pulled a little harder. And pulled a little harder as all that stuff piled up on me. And then he's got a little picture of that. And they're the exact same balls and chains, except for they're floating up over top. And he's got a hold of them like a big bouquet of balloons. Nice. You know, so I didn't lose all that stuff, really, because it's still there. And I can get it out and use it as I'm able to help other people. Uh, because each one of those balls each one of those iron balls uh that have now converted to balloons uh, is proof to you that you can do it too 
that you've got all that stuff behind you. He said too, and you you made me think of. Uh, I'll invite Jerry here sometime, but he was my first sponsor, and he was. Uh, um, he said, "I am the perfect me." Hmm. Right. I don't have to be the twenty-inch waist or the twenty-inch biceps or the whatever. I am the perfect me. That's what I'm trying to, you know, I think that's what we're hunting to be, right? Get back, because when you were, like you said, and like the premises of an early part of the TSSR book, is that when I was two or three years old, I was the perfect little kid. Mm-hmm. Exactly what I was supposed to be. Right. And, uh, and, 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 and life piled a bunch of stuff on us. Right. Uh, some of us trauma. We lose loved ones. We lose, you know, those kind of things. We have events happen in our lives, and it piles up, and we don't know how to handle them. That's the other thing, you know, once you get all that stuff unpiled off of you, you know, we get, or, you know, once we get a sufficient amount, because it's a lot to say all of it, right? I don't know. I think maybe our job is to work towards that goal of all of it, whether that really happens or not. That's not the point. The point is to keep working at it, (laughs) keep uncovering and discovering and, uh, and and do that little hero's journey thing we've been that I've talked about uh, that Joseph Campbell talks about is our life is basically uncovering all that stuff, and that's our goal, you know. And uh, uh, once we get all that stuff up off of us, uh, then I get closer to being that little kid where I don't I don't care what you think about me anymore. What you think about me is none of my business. Right. Right. And, 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 and that, uh, you know, for, for judging and being judged, it takes, a, it takes a little bit of time for that. But the only one way you can do that is possibly just doing the work. And to trip out of the work works too, man, because, I mean, it is. It's a magical process and definitely divinely inspired because it's, uh, it really is such a simple process. You know, once you're through it, when you're in it, or when you're on the front side of it and you're looking at it. Uh, I like what Scott Lee says. It looks like a system is designed to hurt me. Right. And punish me. That's what it looks like. You know, when you get down on the other end of it, I mean, I don't know anybody that hasn't finished the work to win. You know, one of the first things is, let's do it again. You know, you're so high off of coming. That growth spurt through the first time through the steps is so, uh, so impactful. That, that I want to turn around and do it again. Um, and that first time never is, you know, it's like a lot of other firsts. Nothing will ever be like that first time. Right. That's uh, one of the things, too, about, like, uh, the whole concept of it's a whole lot easier to stay sober than it is to get sober. Because uh, <laughs> you think about that in practical terms, is that if I screw things up today and I have to start over again, that magic is not coming back. Not from that first level of freedom that I achieved. That'll be another that'll be another one balls. One of my iron balls behind me. That'll not be a right. real tough one to turn into a balloon. A real tough one. I, I, like that wanna, analogy. I don't ever I don't ever want to have to you know, that stuff is not lost on me at all. Because I see people do that. Yeah. Uh, people that lose their recovery time. Um, another ego thing, and a, and a lot of personal shame 
you know, the amount of shame you felt like that. That's what, you know, when you were, when you're pretending to be sober or you're picking up a 30 day chip and you're really not. Yeah. That's what that is. Right. Shame. Yeah. That you're, you know, inside, you know, that you're like, oh man, I can't, I can't live with myself operating like this. Right. And, uh, and you pull through and, uh, and get some time and then you watch a person lose it and go back out for a while and make it back they're never the same person as they were I've seen a number of people you know and they got good lives they're doing okay and they're doing good but uh, the light that was in their eye is damn tough to get back and I pay attention to that shit when I'm walking around today because I do watch you know uh, I've spoke a couple times the same thing that had me doing the thing where I didn't think I had the rule book and everybody else did, that tool actually works for me pretty good in recovery too because I can look in, at people and, and see because you know, uh, got this from uh, Keith Lewis as a speaker I like. Uh, he said, you know, he, what he did, and I'll say it in first-person terms, what I did also was that I went through life looking to see what you were doing and I did it so quickly it looked like I did it first. Mm-hmm. You know, I and I was mimicking everybody else's way of doing things. And that's why I got, you know, if I was around the preppy kids, I could act like that. You know, I had just two distinct personalities in high school. I had one that ran around with the jocks in, the, in junior high, especially, uh, ran around, played, I played ball. And so when I was in those circles, I could be in those circles and, 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 and chameleon in. Right. And when I was with the, uh, the hoodie dudes who were smoking dope and, and not necessarily walking the line that, uh, then I could, you know, I could throw all my grungy looking stuff and chameleon right in with that. So that skill actually pays off here in the way that I get to watch people. You know, um, forever it hit me that these people kept on saying how hard their fifth year of recovery was. And I don't know why. And it could have been a, uh, uh, coincidence that I don't believe in, in anymore uh, but I heard people say that you know and when I got done in my fifth year I looked back at all the magic and the different things and the actions that God put in my path that I took the paths that were laid there I don't really think that I chose to do those things it's not like I sit there and said okay in year five I'm really going to buckle down but after my year five I looked back and those lessons that I heard everybody say, uh, I had started this podcast. I had uh, graduated yoga teacher training. I had uh, initiated into the Mankind Project. Uh, TSSR started that year. Uh, a whole bunch of things uh, helped me thrive in that year where I'd heard other people saying that they really struggled. Um, so I'll watch. And those people who go out and come back, the light's not shining as bright. And I hopefully will pay, heed that warning that higher power has given me uh, to not test that theory on my own. Do you sponsor any uh, non-addicts? No. But the, by the grace of God... Um, our movement is for that. So the yeah. TSSR book is for the entire world. Right. Um, 
I do not at this moment. The nice thing is, is that uh, when uh, God puts one of, the, one of them in my life, uh, my hand will yeah, be right will here. Yeah. I was going to sponsor that too, a woman. You know, been, uh, yeah, me too. I know. Yeah, and that's the stuff that you know that. Cause, and so there's another little concept, right? You know, I don't, I'm going to bet that you were always a dude who had trouble following the rules. Yeah. Uh, the rules were for everybody else and not for me. Well, I still have that issue. And that's, that's, that's one of the rules, right? <laughs> you can't sponsor across the gender role. Right. Well, who says? Right. You know, I've got three female spon- uh, three female sponsees. One of them through the steps and living yeah. a better life than ever. Yep. And, uh, and the other two right hot on the heels. Took some heat over that for me. She's got her, her, her sobriety date's March 14th. Mine's March 8th. Yeah. She finished steps and she wanted more. After this, that's what this book does. This book opens you up. Yep. This book opens you up. And then what it is to me, it's another soul that just wants some help. You know, there's a lot of controversy of why you can do this, why you can't do that. Some people don't, it doesn't work for them. Yep, and I see why. And I'm just okay with I know with, why that guideline is out there. You know, there's some, 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 um, there's differences in, in, um, in life. Some people do things different. For me, it was another soul that wanted what I had. And God put her in my life for that reason. And she is on fire, man. And she's just finishing up her fourth. You sent me a text today. She did? I finally, uh, I fell behind and I, I sit here and I made a bunch of personal TSSR tokens. I've been keeping track of the oh, meeting over, yeah. the, over the Zoom meeting because yeah. we're not able to hand out chips. And another way I get to participate in my recovery. And I sit here and I, spe- I customized, uh, put their names on them, on the little TSSR chips. And... Um, because I make these, for those out there, I make these little wooden chips. I started making wooden stuff for my friends in recovery a long time ago. Mm, I love them. And, um, and, and then when we didn't have any chips, that like monthly chips that we would give away, you know, we give away AA chips in the Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, and they come, you can buy them from a store. Uh, we don't have any TSSR chips. You can't buy any TSSR chips from the token shop or whatever. Right. And... Uh, <clears throat> And so I started making them out of wood, and uh, and I still do. And so I was when we went into Zoom meetings, I uh, we obviously can't give away chips personally like we do face to face. And uh, and I, and and I, I said I was going to mail them out, and I fell out of account. I just I started to, and then I didn't. And and uh, and that's the mankind language there, and we've talked about that here on a podcast. Is that you know I'd said I'd do something, and I didn't do it. And today I don't like to be out of account. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and it doesn't mean I have to necessarily get in account in all re- in all respects. You know, I mean, people wouldn't really, you know, nobody was hating me because I wasn't doing that right. Uh, mm-hmm. But the other day I, I said, you. but the other day I sat down and I caught up and I made CV. I put CV nineteen on the back of them. Mm. <laughs> and uh, you know, you earned this chip because it's a hard time to be doing this. Yeah, we are in the COVID era. Yeah, it's a definite, definitely a difficult time to be staying sober or doing 12-step work, period, through this Zoom media, and there's just a difference. Uh, I heard a podcaster, well, Rogan was talking with uh, Jocko Willick, I think is his name. He's a SEAL team dude. 
and they were talking about the levels of effective communication and how like tweets and texts are like at the low end of communication efficiency. Uh, there's another word, right? efficacy. Hmm. Uh, and then like a, you, and a phone call is better than a text, right? We were talking about that on the way here. You mm-hmm. know, one of my ground rules with the people I work with is you're going to call me every day. Right. I want to hear your voice. Uh, oh, I'll just text you. I don't really like to call. No, <laughs> that's not part of the deal. <laughs> Uh, and, and, you know, and you know one reason why it's not part of the deal? It's because it's what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and that part of this is doing it somebody else's way. That's what doing we did. Doing something we don't want to do. Going, doing something that we don't necessarily want to do. Uh, Bart was in here, you know, and he said, most, and he'd been, he's been sober for quite some time, and he said, you know, over and over again, one of the repeating uh, uh, things in his recovery is, is that, most of the time, the things that he needs to do the most are the things he doesn't want to do. You know, those are the things that I need to do. And I, you know, and I was like, you know, I don't want to do that amends. Well, that one is next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, uh, um, and then it goes up, you know, so a phone call is better than a text. Because I need to hear your voice. I can take your temperature through your voice. Right. I can't do that through a text. Right. And, and, you know, and the same next, the next best thing might is these video kind of deals, man, a FaceTime mm-hmm. or a Zoom meeting, you know. But the most effective way to talk to somebody and to communicate with them is to look into their eyes like you and I are doing now mm. and talk face to face. That's the way, you know. If we're having trouble, if me and you need to iron something out between us, the most effective way for us to do that is to get together and do that. That, that's what this program has, has been able to teach me was just compassion and to have that conversation like that with you. If there, if there is a problem, we don't make it more of a problem. Yeah. It's just okay. And yeah. we're going to talk about it, which it used to be, it's my way. I don't care what you say. I'm going to show you what you did wrong to me, and I'm going to be right. And we're not going to leave this conversation until I prove you wrong. Yeah. And then you need to apologize or I'm going to hold a resentment. So today I don't live my life today. I like that, and uh, I don't. Um, this, uh, this, um, that's what this book did. And when this book hit me, when this book hit me, I got a little bit of taste of it, and uh, I finally was able to do. Um, I did inventory, and uh, didn't didn't like it. Sure liked that. I sure writing down about who I was mad at. I loved that part, but uh, when I owned up to it. I'm only saying this to anybody. If I reach one person during this podcast, man, I have done justice, right? And that, that's what I'm here for today. Because, um, so what I'm saying is that uh, if when I finally did the inventory, I was able to do um, a fifth step where I share every information. And I just want to get on this real fast, how, how special this was for me. Um, at the time, Shane was my sponsor, and um, we um, he scheduled the fifth step. Well, I had put out of my mind my mom's death date. I had put it out of my mind. I, I didn't remember when she died. Um, I knew it was sometime in April. So I started doing the TSSR book March 8th. Maybe, yeah, and uh, about maybe the beginning of March. 
no, February, it was about Valentine's Day. I had the book, I think. That's my birthday, Valentine's Day. I think the book was sitting there. It was still real heavy looking, but I was highlighting some of it. So anyway, so I did started doing the steps, and um, um, I just couldn't get enough of it. Three in the morning, staying up till three in the morning. I'm reading it all day at work. Couldn't get enough of it. So um, we scheduled my fifth step, and uh, I was able to talk to my mom that day. That's how powerful this stuff is. Plus, when you're paired up, right? I, I never seeked Shane. Like you know, I searched. I, I seek Darren. You know, like Shane and I were available. Were able to have this connection because he was meant for me. I was meant for him, and. Melissa was meant to introduce us in that situation. Um, and I was able to, my mom used to call me Angel. Well, no one's ever called me that. Well, we were able to, he called me Angel in the fifth step that day and said, it's okay. Hmm. I didn't want to die in front of you. And he called me Angel. And she wasn't, unhappy with me she was proud of me well that was a game changer man you know i'm like wow right so then um that was a big game changer to me for just the idea to realize that that god has me never left never going anywhere just little things like that just keep happening to me on a daily basis man just like goodness gracious now that your eyes are open that's what this work does it opens your eyes you see the signs and you just hold back on what you want for a moment and watch the beauty come in. Yep. And um, so anyone there, anyone that is maybe still not sure or they're sure or they're, or they're thinking about it, I've never met it. You love this phrase. I love, I'm going to steal your phrase here. I've never met anyone in, in my life that have done the 12 steps and said they wish they hadn't. <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah. So... But the whole thing about this is that, now don't get me wrong, AA books saved my life. Don't get me wrong. I know that thing like the back of my hand today, thank God. And I've read the, four, the TSSR book 14 times and highlighted it three different colors. And, and I love all the books that want to help. But what it's done for me is that each step gives a new light in my recovery world. And especially on how to pray. It talks about how you, to learn. It teaches you how to pray. It teaches you how to meditate. It teaches you how to talk to people in a loving manner. It teaches you Buddhism. It teaches you everything you could possibly want, and it's all wrapped up in one. So what it is, it's 31 years of a juicy program by Christopher Cohen wrapped up into 780 pages of beautiful work that will guide you into wherever you want to go. That book set the foundation for me to want to learn, to want to read the Bible. I'm Jewish. And I want to read the Bible. I have a Bible class. And I'm grateful to have a Bible class in my apartment now. Um, with Which way? Up? For, move, way, way from you. Right here? Yeah. Intermission? I'm kidding. <laughs> right there? Yeah, but I see you. you want, I saw you. As soon as you moved it away from you, you wanted to move closer to it. So I see um, what you want. I, and I hear your passion. That's passion is what that is. Grateful to have a Bible class in my, where, in my house, you know? And uh, 
Because of like you know that would have been I'm foreign open. stuff to you, you would have been blocking it and saying that. Oh yeah, yeah. no way. Because that's what exactly what it does. So it cracked me open to where I'm open to these other things. You know, don't do this contempt prior to investigation deal anymore. Nope. You know, it's still in there. But yeah, I, I I rise above that bullshit today. Right. And go, hey, there's probably something in there I need to hear. And when I listen to speakers that maybe aren't my flavor, whatever that is. What if it's their spiritual flavor or their political leanings or whatever I think my flavor is and I think theirs is different? I can actually listen to that stuff with an open mind and uh, right. You know, I don't draw know. from it. I don't know at all today. That was hard to say at one point, <laughs> um, but I, I can't. I, I, I can't tell you how how much. How much, how much this has brought to me about brotherhood, family, you know, and and even outside of this, outside of this, I got people that loved this new Ross, people that knew the old Ross, one in particular of my uh, a love in my life, loves this Ross. My God, you should see her face when he say, "Which one do you like better?" <laughs> it's almost like they just want to say, "Huh." You know, and that's grateful by the great by. Now, don't get me wrong here. This is not me doing this. This is God coming through me and saving my life, man, because of the purpose He has for us. You know, and today I have a purpose. Um, you know, and I know for a hundred percent fact what my purpose is not to do. It's not to hurt nobody today and be that same self-centered, selfish. Which I didn't even know what those words meant really before, right? Egotistical, resentful, angry person anymore. And I'm still seeking the total part of what this is about for me. I'm doing a real big study right now on a uh, soul exercise book that I write down. I'm doing a lot of writing about deep soul work. Talking to that voice you were talking about earlier, that little guy inside you. Darren sent me, um, and um, I'll tell you, there's um, there's just a beauty, a beauty that this brings that I've never felt before, you know. And you want to say like, you know, everyone wants to judge so much on what you what they only know how to judge on how nice your car is, how big your house is, how much money you got, you know. That's the only way people really know how to judge nowadays, right? But you know, I will tell you one thing that I don't have to do that today. And that's something we talked about a while back was choice. We got a choice today. I surely, surely, surely know right from wrong. And for some reason, I just keep getting put down this path where the right things just keep coming out. Sometimes I look back, I'm like, did that just come out of my mouth? Mm -hmm. That beauty I just said, that just came out of my mouth? And I'd be like, that was definitely not me. That was God working through me. Um, go ahead, Dan. <laughs> I'm just letting you roll, brother. I feel like I'm hogging the mic now. 
It's a, the, usually at some point the mic disappears, but we've been wrestling with it today. Um, I know I'm probably taking up too much of your time here, too. No, so. you're not either. I'm not? No. You have this awesome juice sign at the top of this. This yeah. big neon, guys, if you don't, you know, this, this, uh, uh, that came from a grocery store. That is so cool. It just lets you know my, I'm looking uh, at this huge nephew, neon sign that says juice. My nephew saw it, and I, my, I believe what they were doing was taking, dismantling a old grocery store. Cool. So there was one also that said, like, fresh eggs. Oh, nice, yeah. And, you know, one that said, you know, whatever, milk, and, you know, these things. But he saw the juice one, and he sent me a picture, and he goes, hey, you want this sign? When I saw the picture of it, I thought maybe it was about the size of a, you know, maybe as big around as a basketball or something. And then he said, uh, he called one day. I said, yeah, I'd like to have that sign. And uh, he called and said, hey, man, you cool if I bring that sign by? And he brought it in here. And I'm like, golly, man, that Hell thing is yeah. big. I don't know where I'm going to put it. I knew I had some something to do with it. And for a while, I had it hooked up in the uh, in my light circuit there. But, yeah, it is the thing, you know, that we got... I got this uh, spaceship lighting out here, so when I want to work in the wood shop, I can flip on all these LED lights, and this place becomes a white hot, uh, great place to work. Like you were mm. saying earlier about having trouble reading when the lights aren't bright. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, when you're trying to work on some wood or trying to sand the scratches out of something, you need some light. But for podcast, no. So I bought some string lights and then I like re-rigged that. the juice light just so it's the one raining thing that is what we've got today is that you know when people want to know what it is and i and i'll go to work on my handyman gigs you know and i back up to houses because my car my tools are in the back and it just makes it easy access plus it keeps the back end of my truck from being open to the public so to speak because i got tools in the back of there that and people go what's that license plate mean yeah and i like so every time somebody asks me man i just tell them the truth i say well I'm in recovery. Hell yeah. And uh, our meeting and the meeting that woke me up and the men that are a part of my life today, we get together on Tuesdays. Nice. And I said, and we have another word that we call for this life energy that we have here, this this thing that we got, <laughs> and we call it juice. And yep. I said, so what we might say, if you would tell me a really cool story, I would say, hey, that's juicy. Yeah. And so yeah, I try yeah, to yeah. get them to understand. Yeah. And I say, you know, or... I'd say, hey, man, I got some, I might have a friend text me and say, hey, man, I'd like to talk to you for a minute. I got some juice to share with you. Right. And they're, and you can see them and they, they start, they're getting with it. You know, they're, yeah. their eyes, they're, they're tracking with me. And I said, so because that night began, became such an important part of our lives, uh, it started to become called juice day. Mm, like yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. You know, so I explained the thing to them. Now, I've also had to explain that same story twice to cops. I've been pulled over two different times. And one of them was because it was it wasn't even dark out yet. You know how to, and I didn't hit my headlights yet. I don't have automatic headlights, so I didn't hit the headlights yet. So I get pulled over, but I think I got pulled over because of my license plate. And what somebody has told me is that juice is a street term for meth. Oh, I was thinking steroids. Uh, yeah, that's what I've heard too. So I don't know, but he that's he come up and he goes, you know why I pulled you over? And I said, nope. And he goes. You didn't have your headlights on, you know. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Mm. You know, I'm going to be cool when the police approach this dude today, in, uh, which I've always really been. Uh, he goes, by the way, what's that, what's that license plate? <laughs> and, you know, and I had to look, you know, 
I believe God sends people to us on purpose. I don't know the answer for that. I don't need to make up a story about what that license plate means. I do kind of smile when when those things land on me, and and you've seen me do it, and I, and I've illustrated it, you know, uh, modeled it in meetings and stuff. Uh, those things happen, and I can't help it. I will look to the sky, you know. Somebody said, "What's that license plate mean?" And I just kind of smile and I look up. Okay, here's what it means, you know. And you never know what you know who who you're talking to and who might need to know this right. story and. Uh, but one thing, I've seen somebody, somebody's got a meme out there someplace about refusing to live anonymously. Uh, you know, and I, and I respect this anonymity principle we have in Alcoholics Anonymous, and I understand why it's there and all that. But uh, my personal anonymity, if I was holding it too tight to myself, I'd lose opportunity to help other people. Yeah. And, uh, right. and and as I'm out on the street and stuff, and I do try to use uh, some relatively generic language when I'm talking uh, just to kind of respect the tradition. Like I said a minute ago, I tell people I'm in recovery. Uh, I try. I still kind of walk at a little bit. But, you know, my, my entire enemy went out the window the minute I started doing this podcast, if I ever had any. <laughs> Another one of those things was, you know, I didn't mind, show, you know, I, if I showed up at your house in the past, 30 years prior to coming prior to January the 1st, 2015, or that little period before that, where I was pretending to be sober. Uh, if I showed up at your house, you can bet I had a cooler full of beer and I didn't give a shit that you didn't know that you knew that I was drinking every day. You know, uh, that didn't matter to me. Drinking beer was who I was. You know, I drank beer all day. I didn't mind that anybody knew that. I didn't care who knew it, you know, and now I'm going to be embarrassed to be sober. Right. Right. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's that, uh, it's that little battle of acceptance too. You know, you go through of certain times, like, you know, um, I wasn't as brash with my recovery as I am today. You no. Know? Yeah. Took, it took a while for that to come around. You know, today, uh, it, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Absolutely. You too. I mean, of course, you know, we know this. this I wouldn't is, have any, uh, my miracle list that I have is, would not be in existence if it wasn't for this. You know, um, being able to sit on my couch and just sit there. And just be okay with just sitting there. No TV, no nothing. And just be okay is like a 100% difference than anything I ever had before. Even when I thought I had it all. You know? And that's what, that's what these steps bring into your life, you know? And, um, <clears throat> and I used to battle a little bit like, oh, they think I'm in recovery. You know, that was then they're going to think less of me. Are they gonna think? You know, you go through those stages, and then you just realize all the great things that came through. It saved my life, and that's one of the things I wanted to kind of bark on right now. I, I mean, embark on. Excuse me. Um, everyone in this SU home group, everyone that I've run into in this journey of these fifteen months. Now it's fifteen and a half months, and even before that, that. Uh, that impacted my life in a positive way of your sharing or impacted my life giving me a hug when I needed it, when I wouldn't hug you. 
or just stuck around for that one little conversation that I had, I just want to say thank you. <laughs> so many people have saved my life. And when this first came around, my lights turned on, they called, you know, I didn't know what to do, dude. I was a wreck of happiness. I said, oh my God, there's a way that I can get the little kid inside of me, repair some of the stuff that I've done, and find a way to really love someone. And uh, so many people have come across my life that have been such a lifesaver. You're saving my life right now, Dan. You know, you saved my life by asking me to come do this. You know, there's so many angels that come across in so many different ways. And... And I, I just, I don't, so I, so I don't leave anyone out or just focus on one. Um, anyone listening to this podcast that knows who I am, you've somehow saved my life by just being in it. And today, I hope that I can pass that along to anyone that I meet. And uh, that's a good feeling, man. That's a good feeling. That's what these steps do. And... You got to go through a little bit of work, guys, to get where you want to be. I mean, I do constant work. Ask my sponsor. Ask my sponsor right now. I'm not afraid to do the work and keep going. And and I love diving deep and deep and deep. And I told Darren, I want what you have. He says, you sure? Hmm. And I said, yeah. He's like, okay, now some people say that. They just don't want to do the work. The deeper that we get in this work, the more beauty I see in any amount of anger that there ever was, any amount of judgment, any amount of chaos. I think we're, it's a little unfair to throw COVID in on us. It's a little unfair to throw all this on us right now. We have, we have, we're one up on everybody. We have an internal way of doing inventory, having our higher power connected to us, reaching out with some honest, pure, happy love, and can get through any single thing today without blowing up or, of course, take a drink or drug. What happens is as you go on these steps and you open, start opening up, you start believing there's something better than you, something bigger than you. And you get your God contract back. Whatever you want to call God is okay with me. I just choose to call God, like I said. All of a sudden, somehow or another, the desire to have to go get drunk or high, it ends. One day you just wake up and it's gone. The thoughts will come in there. But the thought is, for me, the exact answer out of that thought is, that sure would be a bad idea. Because uh, any type of alcohol or drug just really just takes my God consciousness away from me. And I'm not willing to risk what I got today over anyone, anything, no matter what. Um, and these layers, you keep, 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 you keep pulling out layers of yourself in the kindest possible way out of, out of this explanation in this TSSR book. That he, he guides you through the toughest times with his gentle reader talk i love that i love when he says gentle reader and uh and i used to be so mad like newcomer oh i don't want to be a newcomer anymore you know i want to be i want to have 10 years you know now i'm just so thankful to have what i have today and and 
Some people might fall. Some people might not get back up. Some people might get up. Some people might have 10 years and want more. And let me. Time doesn't matter. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, uh, you hit me with that. And then I, so, I, that again, so many things is this, you know, this program is so double-edged right the paradox stuff the 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 simple one is a surrender to win thing right uh which doesn't make any sense at all in the beginning right uh right but it comes to begin you know so i'll kind of hit on that thing earlier about you know when you lose your time that you're continuous to bright and not be able to get it back so i want to I, I, but i do want to make sure that i'm saying you know, but that is what we do you know and it doesn't mean that you can't i said so i made a statement there that is somewhat of my judgment. Or no, it is my judgment, not somewhat. So I'm even soft-selling that. That you don't get it back. Uh, you don't get the lights back. Uh, that thought helps me. There's a lot of things I look at that are like some accountability stuff, right? I put myself out there and, I'm, and I take these roles and, and I really never asked for it. I really don't know what happened or why, you know, how I end up being this guy who's doing what I'm doing. You know, uh, running the Zoom meetings, uh, holding retreats. Um, sponsoring a lot of people um, doing this podcast but you know also I look at all that stuff and I go man that's a lot of layers of accountability so then when that goofy voice does talk to me I'm like because there is a piece of me that goes man I don't want to let all these other people down either you mm -hmm. know and I know that's not what this is about necessarily but any leverage so if, if this is a scale, one of the old-timey scales, it's got the little bowl on each side, and you're going to put stuff on each side of the scale, right? Uh, I want to put as much as I can over on the side that keeps me where I'm at today. That thing, I've said this, this has landed on me a bunch of times. You know, they used to tell us if we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. Yeah, yeah. Well, the same is true here. I keep doing what I'm doing, and I keep getting what I'm getting, which is good stuff today. You know, so I want to. So the accountability thing, and the putting myself out here and then releasing my anonymity, uh, all that stuff is accountability that helps me. That helps defeat the disease when it wants mm -hmm. to talk to me. Uh, and I need all that I can get. Mm -hmm. Right. I want all the insurance stacked up against my, stacked up against my recovery as I can possibly get. So. Some of that words and some of that speech I have like about not the lights not coming on again as bright as they were is my judgment. But it also is a tool in my tool belt that keeps me from wanting to test that theory mm -hmm. <laughs> because people do stumble. And one of my other, uh, you know, one of my really heartfelt things is, is to not apply shame to those who do that. We they they do a good enough job of that on their own, right? Right, right. Yeah, we're real good at that. <laughs> they don't need me adding to that <laughs> or us, you know. And it was something that bothered me when I was doing the pretending sober stuff. There was a whole lot of uh, loving arms that didn't give a shit. They wanted me sober, yes, but they loved me anyway. Anyway, they smiled when I came back when I've been missing for a couple months. And then I come rolling back in just like I was here last week, you know, and they knew better. But they smiled at me and they hugged me and they loved me anyway. The ones who didn't, the ones who judged me, I could feel it. The ones who verbally uh, made that known to me. Yeah. Did you have to go back out and get you some more, boy? Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. That didn't help me. 
Right. Uh, so I, I try to keep that in my mind today. I just want to make sure I recorrected that little thing about the lights not coming on because that's not what I mean. Because we do. We stumble and we fall, and that's a hero's journey thing, man. We get up, and it's not a matter how many times we fall, it's how many times we get back up, right? Yeah. And um, this. I just want to not make sure I'm not putting that out there like a, in the flavor that I felt it was. This, people, is why I'm here. Because a sentence like that, because it's deep, honest, doing a little mental inventory, because there is love coming out of what you said. You were worried maybe a 5% chance that I might reach the wrong the person in the wrong area. That's the deal, dude. That's straight up honest shit that needs to happen in people's lives because you have so much compassion that you want to make sure you don't hurt someone's feelings by saying that. It's not out of, out of guilt or judgment. It's about you not wanting to hurt a soul. This is why you are my brother, dude. This is why you juice me up, man, because of that right there. That's how we live our lives today, you know? And it doesn't feel good not to do the right thing. And if we do not do the right thing, we know how to handle and get ourselves just right enough to own up to what we've done and quickly handle it before it gets to be an issue. We are not here to hurt anybody's soul. Not not anymore. Yeah, right. And, say, I mean, that is a, you said it a number of times here, man. And one thing I don't want to do is hurt people. It's one thing about the rest of the things that I'm doing, you know. But that's the one. That's the one goal that I don't want to do today. And it shows. People. I love you, dude. Dude, um, I'll tell you that uh, my sponsor says being sober is one day away from getting drunk. Being in recovery is one day away from a miracle. And I, the way I, I, the one day at a time thing, like, look, what works for you might work, not, might not work for me in some areas, but the one day at a time thing just doesn't work for me. 24 hours at a time seems to make a little bit. My brain wants to say that that works. Because mm. <laughs> for 24 hours, I feel like I can count that better in a day. I don't know, for some reason. I don't know. Got more, uh, yeah, I get it. Kind of um, like when the guy at our retreat said he'd have something done in a week. Yeah. It's We're like, like, what's a week? What time? <laughs> Five-day week or seven-day week? Right, right, I love that part, man. So is the day starting now? Right, right. Until tomorrow at this time? or? Oh, and he finished the day early, dude. Yeah, he did. He did. He actually finished two days early. Nice. He posted until the next day. Um, it's it's the joy that, that you get out of this. It's... um. You know, um, it's the juice. it is, man. And um, I don't know how much time we have left, but I know we've been talking for a minute. It seems like it's getting darker. I'm not paying attention to my watch, but it's getting darker. Um, I, uh, you know, give me a chance to talk about myself. We could be here for five days. My yeah. sponsor will tell you that. Yeah, that's um, what I've said. I picked the perfect niche for a podcast. You know why? Because <laughs> alcoholics love to talk about themselves. And I can get them in here. I've got a one of the, and I've said this before too, but I'll say it to you. One of the, in my podcasting networks, the people that are doing podcasts, I just joined in, you know, again, when, if I don't know how to do something, I try to find some people that do, right? <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and I try to take what they have to offer and leave the rest. Not all of it's my thing, but one of the constant things is people looking for guests, looking for guests, looking for guests, looking for guests. And, uh, 
that's been a blessing in my world because I'm rarely having to hunt very hard for a guest for the very reason I just said. Right. I picked a niche where guests love to come in and talk about it. And it, frankly, you know, that's a little bit of a joke too. Uh, but it, but it's, there's some truth behind it because we do. Uh, but also part of us, part of us doing this is carrying this 12 step message is what we're supposed to do. I haven't had this spiritual awakening. We've talked about it all night. This waking up, this being aware of when, you know, and I don't know that I'm doing that a minute ago. I have no plans on that, you know, but I'd all of a sudden it rang on me that I'd said something earlier that I didn't necessarily know if it landed the way, you know, that, and, uh, but I want to make sure I'm clearing on it, you know, and that's that, that's this principle of this of stuff of doing this and coming back and doing it. I did, uh, you know, something that's added to my life a lot lately is that mankind project stuff mm. because it gave me, even though the 12 steps and TSSR, gave me the principle behind this what mankind did is gave me like a tool another tool in my box to do some of that work that looks a lot like 10 step work sort of where i'm inventorying my own behavior which sometimes comes out of speech mm-hmm. and uh and, and 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 correct that in case i've harmed anybody or clarify it and we do things like clearings and mm-hmm. and where i can actually talk to somebody uh and uh and if if you've uh clear energy that keeps us from operating the way we're supposed to operate together you might say something that gets under my crawl or vice versa you know and today i can because of the 12 steps and because of other tools that are in my belt i can come say hey man i need to talk to you about something right and you don't get all your feathers in a ruffle you know right and uh and you don't necessarily have to agree or disagree but we can do that and still continue loving each other and carry on rather than have that little seed of goofy energy laying there that you know, we're just waiting for it to sprout. No, we're going to stomp that little bit. We're going to take care of that energy before it becomes something. Right. It's, um, that's why, that, that, that's why I'm so proud of the, the the unit that I call like the growth unit. We're always growing, wanting more, you know. And that that's who that's who I want to keep learning from, you know, and be right there, you know. Yep. Um, and I'm grateful today. I feel like I'm forefront part of that TSSR movement because you thank you. Um, and that, that's something that that that's such an honor for me, you know. And and you never know who you're going to help you know our movements for the whole world so you don't have to have an ism right you know you just you just you might have like a couple of things that you just want to get off your chest just don't know how to exactly do it but hey we can show you how you know i promise you it's going to feel better yeah you know and uh or you might have who knows you know but I say it don't man, cost any money we're you, free you, you know i had somebody the other day talked you know and again this being I get a message from somebody I don't know that I'm a friend of a Facebook, but mm-hmm. I don't know because I accept a lot of friendships in Facebook today because I don't know what God's doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. And, uh, and said, what's the spiritual stuff you're talking about? <laughs> and I'm thinking, what kind of question is that? And so I thought about it for a minute and I was like, the, the spiritual underground podcast? And she said, yeah, that, what's that? And I gave her a little thing on it and i could hear her turn off real quick 
when she heard about 12 step stuff you know and i told her i said you know we're even offering because i always do that i'm like well you know there's we're having meetings in louisville that are offering the 12-step tools to anybody who might want them. You don't have to be an addict or an alcoholic. And I can hear the gates closing, you know, over on that other side because I don't know what's going on, but I can feel that energy today. And uh, she said, well, thank you. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but something is missing. You know, those, those, and that's what I was getting at, those little key terms, like something is missing. And that's something it says in the beginning of the TSSR book, you know. My life is not supposed to be like that, this. My life is not supposed to be like this. There's something missing. Um, and I, what I always say, you know, my little vanilla one to say to somebody is go, do you have any room in your life for it to get any better? Because <laughs> that's a trap, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, you can't tell me no. And right. I obviously did. I have had one guy. He was actually at one of the very first TSSR meetings. And he said, no, i got no room for any better in my life. Yeah. And I thought, dang. Uh, that landed on me hard too, man, because I thought about how sad that is. Right. Because it was obvious this guy was not telling the truth. Right. Remind you of somebody you know? Uh, used to know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. And, 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 and being able to have sponsored a few people now through it that are not, do not fit the traditional 12 step fellowships, the isms, as we might say. Mm hmm. You know, they don't have a mountain of one thing. You know, that's one thing that 12-step fellowship has always done. And, you know, that singleness of purpose that come with it, which is another thing I kind of reject. It's like, you know, when we started doing TSSR, I started saying that thing where, you know, there are no rules and I'm going to break them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. And uh, that, that the rule is you got to have a single overwhelming malady. That's been the rule in 12 steps. You have to be an overeater, right, or a gambler or an alcoholic and you know and you really you know lately you can say i'm an alcoholic and an addict right you mm -hmm. know people who say that but there's even still that gets shunned a little bit you know yeah uh and so you can't be both you pick one asshole yeah, yeah, yeah. or, <laughs> or we out. can't help you yeah or get out right yeah. and so now we got this thing where we don't you don't have to have one of those you know you can just have some something's missing you yeah got some, life i want something a little better uh, one of my favorite things is, is, you know, when I say that thing about the rule book, you know, and whatever, when it's second grade, whenever they were passing out the rule book on how to do life, the handbook, yeah, I was absent that day. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, you heard That's that. That's why I skipped second grade. Man, see, I missed it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so now, <laughs> now I have a rule book. I have a guideline because religion wouldn't do it for me. You know, I tried church. I got sober for five months on church once. Mm. In 2005, I got sober for five months on church, but it didn't, it didn't have the staying power, you know? Yeah. And, and this is working for me. Mm -hmm. It's a set of principles that I can live by that, that not only is working for me, it's giving me a life I couldn't imagine. Yeah. And there's really nothing that much different in my life than what there really was before, really. And if you looked at me, you, if I turned in my resume six years ago and turned in my resume today my portfolio might be a better term i don't know you know there's not a lot different but i'm a lot different yeah yeah it's a whole bunch different right yeah yeah but you know the material stuff you look i mean i'm still driving a white toyota i was driving one then i'm driving one now 
I'm living in the same house. Uh, you know, I don't have the same job anymore, but I did up until just not so long ago. Right. Uh, yeah, and there's just a lot of things, but uh, that aren't the same. That are, that are the same as what they used to be. But I'm a completely different dude. I am so different that people don't recognize me, physically. Right. That's such a difference too, right? Yeah. Not only am I different spiritually, emotionally. Uh, there's people that look at me and double take because I look like a different thing than I used to look like. I imagine you look so happy. Who's that guy? Yeah. Plus your face, your your, you don't look like you just had like three days of a rough night. Yeah. You got different energy. I noticed your energy changed even since I've known you. Shift or change. That's something that that's really cool about this is that you you uh you get to have uh, these feelings that are that are good, and you, you can feel energy. You know it's. Yep. It's kind of a different topic, I guess, but. So again, like sixth sense stuff, that fourth dimension kind of stuff, that stuff where you're operating on a different plane. And it sounds a little arrogant sometimes when yeah. I say it out loud, you know, because it sounds like I'm saying I'm better than you. Right, right. I and that is not what I mean that, at all. Right. What I found is I get to operate on this plane that allows me to be a better version of me. Doesn't have anything to do with you, <laughs> you know, the universal you out there. Uh, but I get to, I, you know, like I said, when that girl was texting me about something's missing, I can hear the, her walking away from me as I mentioned 12 steps because that is not what she needs. She is right. not an alcoholic or an addict. Yeah, uh, yeah that's why I like how it's called 12-step spiritual recovery. Just try and get your spirit back, you know, your little child. And that's what happens, man. You get the inner child with the adult responsibilities and the inner fun. You yep. know what I mean? Yep, and, said uh, time and time again, man. This uh, when they, when I walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and they told me I was spiritually sick, I rejected that notion. Right. Because I thought they were telling me I wasn't didn't have any religion, and I didn't, but I was still offended. <laughs> we just but, but what I've come to know now is that my very spirit, my soul, the essence of me has been sickened by that programming that I received unintentionally for the most part. Nobody meant to fuck me up. There was no, there wasn't something out there going. Now I, I kind of, I kind of can go. Well, I, you know, like I said about advertising, they are meaning to program me. They are mm -hmm. actually trying to do that. Uh, but nobody out there had ill intentions that we're going to fuck up Dan. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, but still, my spirit became ill. Right. And this has healed it. This has healed this spirit, or is and and still continuing to heal it. We'd like to think we are that important. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's why I laugh. You see in some of the corners where they get in these little you know, these stupid discussions about whether somebody's recovered or recovering and you're never recovered and, you know, and this yeah, bullshit, yeah. you know. And it's like, man, why are we even talking? Surely we got something better to talk about than that, right? Glad you brought that up. Part of my acceptance into understanding is a couple of judgments. So when, when I used to be, uh, oh, yeah, I, I'd say I was a recovering. And one, it was like, am I going to say it? You know, tell it was like coming through me. Let them know you're in recovery right now and feel proud. Two was no matter how they took it after after a while, after you accept it and you're okay with it inside. And that's where the growth, that's where it starts from, man. Once you start doing this work, you just be, you're okay inside. Because without like, you know, they always say these cliches or whatever, without the inside being okay, you can't do anything outside, you know. Well, that shit's true, dude. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as you get more fit, inside 
it's just okay to accept what's outside. So acceptance, which in the big book 417, you know, it's a key to all our, answer, all our answers. However, the judgment on the part of, this is what my little, tw my circle of judgments doing today, two different ways. One is that if someone judges me for being a recovery, it's okay. But you know what they do know? If they're one out of five people will know somebody in recovery, they might know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody that might need that phone call to Ross one day as they get to know me. Or at the same time, oh, I'm not an alcoholic, you know, they, you know, they're very defensive. If they go home and they decide not to drink a case that night, because maybe they thought for a second, maybe they do have a problem, but they just don't want to admit it. Have I not saved their life, maybe, in a way? And the other part of this judgment is, as things happen to me <clears throat> going through, if someone judges me for what I have or do not have at the moment, and they're in the program, right, because they're you know, working through some things, and it makes them feel like they have more than someone has at that time, Aren't I saving their life too? You know? Mm -hmm. That's something that's been kind of back of my sponsor and I've been working on. You know, like, but I'll tell you what you can't, what, what people can't take away from us. Things can come and go. And we've known that. And, and, and we've, we've seen it. I've seen things come and go. I've seen at the top of money and at the bottom of money in a very short period of time, a few times. But I'll tell you what, they can never take what I got today. And the greatest thing about that is that I can't keep this unless I keep spreading it. I never really understood that either. But I do today. And I'll tell you, man, th th this, th you know, it's, it's funny how I get comfortable when we're almost over, you know, I'm finally getting comfortable with you, you know what I mean? <laughs> I said, what I said at the beginning, give me five minutes to overthink something and two, oh wait, give me five minutes to over, I'll overthink something in five minutes. I don't know what I said. But I said, give me five minutes to overthink something and I'll do it in two seconds or something. Um, but I want to just kind of bounce back before we close, right? Okay. So where I was, okay, I was a kid, I had a bunch of death happen cousins everybody died in my family had a great childhood didn't know what to do and was uncontrolled alcoholism my whole life um, what happened is I was led by God to I was m led to Kentucky to meet Melissa and then finally introduced to Shane and brought to SU and meet you guys and you guys were waiting there for me so that's what's happened is that I found God and I found God in AA, 
not being shoved down my throat. So what, what ha where I was, what happened, and where I am now. Now I'm somebody people want to be around. And I'll take that. Now I'm somebody that people will leave their purse around. Now I'm somebody people will give the keys of their house to. Now I'm somebody that will do anything for. And they know I'm coming from the right area. Mm -hmm. And that, that's, a, that's a big change because I used to not know how to to just be. Today, by this work, by the fellowship, by my brothers, by the angels in my life, people somehow just like this Ross. I did my fifth step. Shane scheduled my fifth step and it happened to be my mom's death day and I spoke to my mom that day I left that part out earlier I forgot because you just didn't get it to use yeah. you circle That's back around shit. you talk about speaking to her but uh, yeah you left a part out I, I knew that, that part of it but it did slip for me too but sometimes when you're on a roll I don't feel like jumping in there and I thought <laughs> you'd get around to it and then we went someplace else so like I said when I say that prayer at the beginning of this podcast that God helps us say what we need to say uh, then I must at the end accept that what was said was what was supposed to have been said, <laughs> right? Because half of it is trust in God, right? Yeah. The other half is uh, is believing that you did, right? You know that you that whatever happened is supposed to happen. You know how can I trust God and then begin to question after the fact? That, hold on, that yeah. wasn't that wasn't what was supposed to happen. You know, the same thing with COVID and all the rest of this stuff, man. I and mean, it's you said, man, we got to we got to leg up on the rest we of the world. We got to leg up, man. I mean, we, we got, got an unfair advantage. You know, almost. It is. It is really, and uh, we're we're here. <laughs> when when if anything happens to get any worse, we're prepared. Yeah, I really I've said a number of times on here that I think that my last five years of recovery was like practice for times like these. Yeah, and. Um, and, if, and if for some reason, if anyone might be thinking that that's just a bunch of bullshit, keep coming back. Yeah. Stick around. Yeah, and that's what I hope to carry through this podcast is this message is real. You know. Uh, and it's and this and and you know and I don't and this is gets into sticky business too. But the fact is, there's different levels of recovery, and some people are some people are allowing themselves to receive. A bigger dose of the juice than other people <laughs> are allowing themselves to receive. And it's really, you know, that book, that blue book does say it's a limitless load, right? Yeah. Limitless load that I, that I can continue to mine for the rest of my life as long as I'm willing to, uh, that I continue to mine as long as for the rest of my life I'm willing to give the entire product away. And, Such uh, a beautiful sentence. Yeah. And then we put limits on it, right? you're not recovered you're recovering you know and i don't want to judge anybody on any of that but what i know is the brothers that are in my circle chase says the best i've heard him say it all, and i'm sure he stole it from somebody else if the people around you are not inspiring you mm, then you're around the wrong people yeah. <laughs> uh and the people that are around me inspire me and 
and I get to be a part of that. And I get to be a participating, contributing part of it too. Not a slug, not a receiver all the time. I yeah. receive when, I need, when, when I'm in need. Uh, but today I get to be able to play an active part in that. You must participate in your recovery. You know, that, that, that's nice you said that because there's different levels of who I consider to be in my um, growing recovery unit. And the more honest that you get, it seems to kind of get a little more mm-hmm. leveled up, I guess. Yeah, you can and see that. Some real shit. The people that are got that ability to be honest, you see that's next level stuff. You know, I mean, uh, some people are frankly still not able to like pull the shell up off of them and let you see them. That's okay. That's where they're at, right? Yeah. But <clears throat> and I don't want to let it, uh, give the wrong impression just by chance. That, I just uh, caught that fly right out of the air, dude. This is like you, uh, you could have used some chopstick shit on that. <laughs> That's what happens when you got He's, matrix uh, arms I now. Shouldn't be dead on the floor down there. You I just caught him now. in the air. Yeah. That's what this energy's doing, dude. It's slowing the shit down. No, he was he was zipping. Look at you, it's like your, matrix stuff. That was right. Um, if he'd have come closer, I'd have grabbed you with my tongue. Dude, if you guys could have seen that, that was some shit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> we better wrap this up soon, All brother. Right. That's cool. Um, I, uh, I think we're. I think that's a good cue. You know, it's like when I'm sharing. Thanks, I'm Ross. I'm alcoholic. Yeah, um, that's a place where I've seen growth in you too, man. Is that like you'll throttle back, you know, and you realize when you've said. See, there's a thing about sharing, and I, I it comes natural to me at some level. Uh, is to like. When you got everybody at the edge of their seat, stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a spot there. And you know, if you go longer, then like you've missed yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. missed that that message part, that meat that you were saying. It's kind of like uh, hanging around after amends, right? We don't do that. We come dump that juice on you and disappear. That's what I was taught. We don't have lunch and go to dinner and whatever afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out. We, we, we're here to do this. So you get yeah. in and you get out. And uh, and and I've watched you. I've watched you learn to do that. Frankly, you didn't. You know, you didn't know how to do that for a while. We don't know. Uh, but I've seen that. That's one. That's one. You, know, you see these little things when you're watching people, and you see these like, well, wow, look at there. Ross didn't make it to the bell. <laughs> and that's growth for you, right? For another guy, growth might be making it to the bell, right? Because he can't. You know. Yeah. He, 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 oh yeah, I had a whole so, bunch of problems getting my words together. I still do, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's fun to watch one another grow. It, it is. is, man, and to cheer one another on and to support yeah. one another for real and be cheerleaders for your brothers instead of being the kind that want to knock other people around all the time, like yeah. we're still in the fucking high school locker room and tease people about their biggest defects yeah. that's happened here you know to somebody i know lately has got somebody's got uh, a thing he was born with you know and and a certain group had to you know has to like continue to point that out to him it's like don't you think he's fucking aware of that by now yeah you know it's probably enough that's <clears throat> not what we're doing in here man that's here not the recovery i want to be a up. part of I'm ready to, to, to lift you. Yeah. Now, you know, in the same breath, you know, we do a little jacking around, right, and have some fun. But, you know, there's a line, man, and I see it, and I know where it is today. And, you know, uh, right, the good, that's I want to see thing. my brothers get better, man. I want to see you grow. I want to see my friends 
aspiring to be better and, and I'm going to do everything I can to try to help cultivate that because I want you to help me do the same thing. That's some of the things I talk about with some people that are not in the program. You know, like my friends and I, we have fun, so much fun with each other. No one makes fun of each other. No one cusses each other out. No one gets angry. We just have a good time, dude. And we have the most fun ever, dude. You know what I mean? I can remember the shit that I'm doing. I can have fun and be honest and not worry about what you're thinking about me because you just know that I'm okay. Yep. And I come from a good place. Speaking of words, I never knew I could even write a poem. Yeah. Do you mind if I... Let's do that. We'll, we'll, that's what we will sign off with. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow you to read that poem. You need more light? I'm going to allow you to read that poem. Is that cool? I invite you to read that poem. Nice. And then that's what I want to use for the closing. I'll do my sign off when you're done with your poem, okay? Dude, this has been so cool, dude. I don't know which light. This is here to me. Oh, yeah. So I can go all the way over there and turn that on. These, this bank over here on. Is that enough? You want me to turn them all on? I can do it. <laughs> I did this. You know, One I day when I first built this shop, Right. When I first built this shop, the International Space Station called. Hmm. They wanted to know what that big white spot of light was in that backyard in New Albany. Juice. (laughs) It's juice. I don't even have them all on. I got more. Damn. So now you can read. So I wrote this. uh, I'm going to close my eyes and listen. May 2nd. And uh, it started doing, and uh, my sobriety date was March 8th. So I woke up one day and wrote this. Um, all right, it's called Love and the Guilt. Um, all my life I've been taught that God could and would if he were sought. Since a little boy back in school, any mention of God just wasn't cool. So many people programmed to think that with money, power, fame, and wealth, you would never sink. Over promises and under deliver, suddenly our dreams have floated down a river. We rush and we work harder and harder just to become another martyr. Egotistically, we bounce back over fear just to realize we've wasted more years. Mm. Chemicals start to run our lives, ruining our hearts and our beautiful wives. Once we've hit rock bottom, we cry out for, we cry out for help and the angels yell, we got him. He admits he's powerless over his thoughts and cannot win the battle he so long fought. Do these steps, the angel pleads. I will teach you how the words read. After the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, the guilt does not consume his fate. This, the numerous signs and the stars align. He learns to depend that God is in control and the love for himself is found in the amend. He realizes he's not trapped anymore because the resentful guilt has no more hold like before. I love you all. Thank you. Beautiful, I me to read that. So, if you're not having a blast in your recovery, <laughs> it's your own damn fault. Nice. And thank you all uh, for listening, and thank you all for allowing Ross and I uh, to participate in our recovery in this manner tonight. Peace out. Love you.
Work hard. 